here we have the man of the machine. Welcome back to this week's episode of Man of the Machine. I'm Kevin. I'm Jake. I'm Craig. And I'm DJ. And this is the super awesome finale to Halloween in July, our biennial tradition where... Wait, no, it's not biennial. It's only two times happened. It's happened twice, yes. So so far it is still an an anal. And a proposed uh, format to do at our leisure. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about at work, whether it be Christmas in some time or Easter in some but it's time. But it's got to be some holiday in some month. Well, so the only thing that made me waffle on that idea was um, when we uh, started talking about action movies. And I said action movies and I don't know, I said like April or some bullshit. Uh, and I was like, oh, I'll do Blind Fury and all that. So, Because really, there's only like three holidays you can do movies out of. What are they, Christmas, Halloween? Halloween and Easter. I mean, Fourth of July... Are well. any, any like what, any the, American the movie Independence Day? Yeah, Independence yeah, Day, Independence so, Day two. So, Team oh. America. Okay, there's three. Now, now let's get a fourth, and we can do at least one of anything. Them. I mean, Rambo: First Blood. It's very American. No, 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 no. no. That so that We're, would be action. Yeah, that would. I mean, but it, it's yes. an American in war. Uh, but yeah, but it's also can't. super critical of the government and the military. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of that, that's also speaking of which. So, anyways, we may look into that in the future. Otherwise, this is. What I will predict will either be the shortest or the longest review we'll have done this year. I don't okay. think it's good because all this, of them. This have, specific episode. This specific episode. Okay. All the episodes have hovered around hour twenty to hour thirty-five. I think was the longest. The last one was hour forty. Yeah. Yeah. The last one was long. Wasn't that like one thirty-six before I added anything in or whatever? I think it was one forty-one when we ended. So there's a chance, which it's up now, by the way, to you guys. This is irrelevant to the listener, but it is up now. Cool. Um, I I I just it. It, well, we'll get to it. I, we have thoughts. I have thoughts. You got, I'm the only one who hasn't seen this one. Overanalyzing things way too much is on brand for us. So. Yes. Uh, and this movie is very analyzable. We'll get to it. Mm-hmm. I, I just I have so much, but I, I don't want to do what I did with Evil Dead and jump the gun and okay. start saying stuff that had already happened. But, uh, yeah, so it's Jacob's Ladder. We already said that. Our second movie in a row with the, with the name Jake in it. It's true. It's yeah. true. Uh, and it is what you were actually considering doing last year and you didn't do last mm-hmm. year and and the reason for that was I, I I mean so this is definitely a it's, it's a psychological horror so yeah I wanted to start with that I had talked about this movie with a handful of people um and basically it was the it was a very silence of the lamb scenario mm-hmm. is that a horror and I just want to say after watching it definitely a horror yeah, this it, movie it's, it's fucked up. It's, it's kind of on the level of Sons of the yeah. That was a good analogy yeah. for it. it. Of the four movies we've watched, I'm pretty sure this is actually the darkest one. As far as like, like darkest, overall like feel, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, Evil Dead has the the kind of comedy. Evil Dead's kind of goofy. Well, it thing, follows. I'm not sure if it follows was as goofy. Is, was it felt very goofy watching. I think it that was us. Kind of yes. feels like a fun throwback though. Like yeah. it's not. It's, it's not homage. supposed to be very. I would heavy. say if you're watching it follows by yourself, it's more of a foreboding yeah. movie. While this is. Way more action packed. And we say. all know Craig watching it falls had no risk of the monster going after him because he doesn't fuck. Yeah. Oh. And yeah, you're right. The thing it's is very. Six points and laughs. Six points and laughs. Ah, not coming for you. <laughs> the thing is very like claustrophobic and and it is a pretty intense movie, but I don't think it's just as. Well, they everything all of those movies they give you villains. Yeah. This movie doesn't give you a villain, and even the villain it gives you isn't the villain it gives. It, it's it's kind of nebulous. And is that, that a word, by the way? Nebulous. nebulous. Yeah, I saw it in a cartoon once, and I laughed, and I was like, that's not a word. And it's because he said it wrong. There you go. And I think it's also worth mentioning, and I know DJ will go into this more in depth when we get to the parts, but 
there is a lot of things in this movie that future horror films will take from it. And games. Yeah, yes. I mean, all the movies we watched were super influential. This was a really good Halloween in July, uh, uh, what you call it? Q. List. Q? Okay. Whatever. <laughs> it was excellent for movies. I'm excited to do the... The ranking at the end. There. Oh, the ranking this, is gonna be this movie I'm also gonna say, like going forward, is it's kind of a two watcher. So the movie you watch once, then you know what's going on, and then you watch it again. And yeah. Kind of like um, I, I'm everything. gonna do a quick prediction. I think none of us are gonna have the same tier list for these movies. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. I would guess. Last year, I think you two. Someone had a very, very close list. Mine was way off because I think I put Tusk first and I was the only person to do that. <laughs> Mine was off because I was the only one who actually liked Evil Dead 1 for what it was. Oh yeah, and you didn't like Tusk and put it all the way at the bottom, whereas everyone else no, put it No, I think pretty much everyone else put Evil Dead 1 at the bottom. Oh god. Evil I'd Dead. have to go back and listen because yeah. I don't remember what it was. It was, it was wonky, but I remember someone had a very similar list. This time, I'm, I would not anticipate any of us maybe having a favorite of the same, honestly. Yeah. Oh, we'll see. We'll get there. It's going to be great. That's the tease. That's the little flavor saver you toss out there to bring people and get them listening. The flavor saver. Yeah, that way they're not 20 minutes in and go, I will oh. say, like, I'm kind of solidifying my list. I will say that what I'm thinking of putting in last place is by no means a bad movie. No, no. Oh, oh, God. So I think we actually said this last time is none of these, like, almost all of these movies are, like, critically acclaimed. Yeah. And or they worst have become a, a like... Some of them weren't well received. This is another one that wasn't well received at the time it came out. But it has, but has become. become a cult classic. Yeah. Uh, just to make sure, we obviously we haven't looked at the Rotten Tomatoes for this one yet. No. no. But the other three, have any of them been below an 80? I think 84 no. was the thing or something like that. Yep, the thing was 84. Uh, Evil else? Dead 2 was 98. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was surprised. And, I think uh, it follows was either 87 or 92. No, it was 90s. It was uh, 96. Yeah, they were, they were all pretty high. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we've had some we've had some bangers. Whereas I think Tusk was like a 71, and uh, Repo was like a was like a 30 or something. Yeah, it was yeah. A, So this... Complete turnaround. So, Jacob's Ladder is just a quick plot summary. is about a man who went to Vietnam and is suffering PTSD. That's about all he does. He comes home, becomes a carpenter, just builds ladders. That's all he does. He just... I was trying to think of a fun thing PTSD could stand for. Plier Tool Shack... Person. Dollars. Dude. PTSD. Dude. (laughs) He's a carpenter guy. And uh, obviously it goes from there. Now... We will start because the movie opens heavy. Uh, with it opens in Nam. It starts like in Full Metal. Nam. Yeah, the Nam, please. On the Mekong Delta. It starts kind of like Full Metal. Nineteen seventy-one. Like, you know. I do want to point out too is like this movie has a ton of people that you will recognize from other movies. Yeah. Yep. And like not not necessarily. And shows. Yep, and shows. And not necessarily like all like big names. There are big names in here. We you know, I didn't even realize it until the credits came out. You know, Ving Rhames is in this. I think Ving Rhames is like the first person you see. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the camera opens, yes. Yeah, like and I think it was credit as like introducing Bing Rhames too. Can I just say I apologize oh, it's for my co-star. Uh, yeah. I apologize for my coffee breath because it's bothering me already. So I don't just, smell it. just a heads up, if I ever if you get me going ho 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 right in your face, yeah, I apologize because it's already driving me yeah. nuts. But anyways, uh, so yeah, it opens in Nam, which immediately made me go like, oh no, I hate military movies. Mm-hmm. I hate them. So not, you not, that's not know what this is. Though. Well, no, but I'm just saying, I, I'm the only one who hasn't seen the movie. So, so like, the movie opens in a military setting and I'm so like, So like oh. Saving Private Ryan, nope. Full Metal Jacket, none of those are your things. Well, Full Metal Jacket I'm okay with, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm aware of when it's being over military-esque okay. and I'm not digging it, but the movie on as a whole I do enjoy. Hmm. Um, so this movie, as, as an outgoer, I was like, ah, oh, fucking, it's starting in the war. How much are we going to have to do? Well, n- luckily, not much. No. It, it turns up real fast. 
Okay. It's in the Vietnam War. So they have there's one two thing kinds to tell you about the war in Vietnam, and mm-hmm. the mic goes out. Yeah. There, there's two kinds of war movies. There's the ones that are really like celebratory of like U.S. patriotism and the people who fought and died, and then there's movies that are extremely critical of the U.S. military. And those tend to be the ones set in Vietnam. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Has there ever been a like celebratory Vietnam movie? Um. Oh, I think the closest thing is um, Apocalypse Now. Well, well, there's no. <laughs> yeah. No, Apocalypse Now is not. It's uh, not. There, Hot Shots Part Two. There is one Maybe. that is directed by Mel Gibson, but I can't remember. Of the course, name it. it is. God damn it. How many, how many Jews did that go? Yeah, Mel Gibson <laughs> would not appreciate this movie. The there's a Jew. There's a Jew. Oh, that, that's right. His dog tags say it right on the book. Jewish, right on the... Uh, so the movie opens with Aerosmith blasting as they roll through a helicopter. Right? Wasn't it something like that? No, it was, no, it was, it was like, chill piano music. <laughs> I know, it wasn't, it wasn't. But that's how they all started. Some ACDC. Yeah. Back in Black, blaring. Fortunate Son by Creedence Clearwater. It ain't me! It ain't me! And then rolling in. Uh, but, so it starts kind of, you know, jocular. It's a bunch of guys sitting, relaxing, and uh, your main protagonist, Jacob, mm-hmm. is pooping. He's taking, a, he's taking a big old deuce. Played by Tim Robbins. Oh, that's yes. what I was going to say. Quick aside. I know we're going to do lots of sidebars. But quick sidebar. The most... Of, so as my dad's gotten older, I've made jokes about how he's gotten more and more like, yeah, America, mm-hmm. woo, uh, patriotism. And uh, I remember we were watching Family Guy, and he got incredibly upset at a joke they made in that where they're, wis- they're visiting the Vietnam War Memorial and there's a Vietnam guy like a like a, a, a veteran a, no 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 a, a, a Vietnamese, Vietnamese there oh, it is Vietnamese. I, yeah I couldn't think of what being a Vietnamese man there and he's going woohoo scoreboard all your friends are dead oh, Vietnam God. won America zero and my dad got like red face mad at that joke and he's like well that's not funny I'm like why because we lost a war yeah we lost we lost the war dad that's all they're saying and he's like oh if I saw if someone ever said that I was like oh come it's family fucking guy it was a really weird scenario because I've never seen him find uh, any humor offensive and that for whatever reason he was a he's a vet he was in the Gulf War for some reason that joke just it tickled his pickle the wrong way he didn't like it. So you what, had actually mentioned that. Yeah. <laughs> so you you had mentioned that you haven't seen like Shawshank or anything. Nope. Is that still the movie you think of when you think of Tim Robbins though? Oh or? god, yeah. Okay. Even after this, I'll still go Shawshank for it. And the main reason why is because I, this version of Tim Robbins doesn't even really look like Tim Robbins. The weird '70s floofed hair mm-hmm. and the big glasses and all that. I mean, I honestly, I only think these are the only two movies I can think of of Tim Robbins. Same. I've, uh, it looks like Tim Robbins got halfway into mutating into Mark Hamill and just <laughs> just kind of stuck in between. between yeah. Which I've actually seen three movies with Tim Robbins. I've seen more movies with him. Yeah, third. Uh, it's I don't remember the name of it, but it's this comedy film where he like does a buddy buddy thing with Martin Lawrence. He's the uh, president in Austin Powers International Man Mystery. Is he really? Yeah. I love oh, that. Yeah. yeah he is. Uh, just because I now you've got me, I'm gonna just quick Tim Robinson, whatever Google pops up is his movies firsts. Uh, he's got Shawshank, Top Gun. Yep, he's in Top Gun. Uh, nothing to lose is the one you're nothing talking to about. Lose, yep. Uh, War of the Worlds, the really he's in War of the Worlds. He, he was is. in Green Lantern, Howard the Duck. Yeah, he's in a surprising amount of movies. <gasps> He is in the pick of destiny. He's the hobo who yep. tries to rob them, but yep, yep. not very successful. Okay, so Tim, yeah, Shawshank is still number one. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, so so Tim Robbins uh, is out pooping, 
And he comes back, and what do they do in all in all movies where a bunch of guys are together? They're all goofing on you each other. You gotta rib on each other a little bit. Oh, mm-hmm. you're pooping all the time, DJ. Uh, why are you pooping so much? <laughs> hey, you rub one out for me over there? Yeah. You want to rub one out on me? Well, maybe if I had some tweezers. Oh! And it's, oh, no, there's Charlie. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, like, quick, real quick. You got movement in the tree lines. And it's not even like, okay, everybody prepare. Bombs. Guns, uh, explosions, and before they, before even a shot is fired, two of them start freaking out. Oh well, first, actually, that's a really good point. The one guy does uh, take a hit of some devil's lettuce, mm-hmm. and he starts going, "Oh, that's some, that's, that's some crazy some... stuff. That's powerful." And then, right when Charlie hits, they start. Uh, Ving Rhames drops to the ground, starts bleeding from the mouth, and the mm-hmm. other guy, who I can't remember which guy it was, if we see him multiple times, stands up. It just starts like he's smashing his head on the ground, then he's spinning in circles, he's losing his mind. Um, I think we see him only one other time, and it's the very critical moment. That is, okay, just mm-hmm. making sure. I couldn't remember if that's yeah, that, that was. guy. Mm-hmm. So he's losing his mind. And there's the one guy, the, the, the chunky boy, who just sits down and starts like rocking he back just, and forth. He just, yeah, he just is watching the shit, as I like to call it. That's mm-hmm. what you call it. We were in the shit. That's what people always say in war times. I have a, I actually, I, someone said it. And uh, I didn't want to say it while we were watching it, but someone said PTSD doesn't look very fun. And I actually have a friend, his name's Kyle Doolittle, shouts out. He goes on the camping trip with us. He has two Purple Hearts and got an honorable discharge from Iraq. Uh, one time, a, uh, they were driving their tank over, and a bomb, a mine literally exploded under the tank, Jeez. blew through the tank, and they suffered lots of injuries. The second time, he was doing a patrol, and he walked through Iraq, and they had hidden charges and trash cans. And he was like, I can't remember exactly how far he said, but he pointed at the tree. I'm going to guess it was like kind of 10 to 15 feet. He's like, that's where the bomb was when it went off. Yeah. And uh, so he has PC, a little bit of PTSD. Yeah, I think, it, I think it was me that said, I, was like, I, I can't imagine how people live with PTSD. He, he uh, you closed the door too loud and he's fucking ready. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, I will, I will take you out. And you're like, holy, no, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. Like, you have to, so he's gotten better over time. It's been years since he got out of the military, but he had, when he first got out, well, I mean, like I said, dude's got two purple hearts. I mean, he's yeah. been through some shit. He's broken half his body. His eardrum completely blew out, and he had to get a ton of surgery to get that. That was from the one bomb that really fucked the side of his body up. Uh, yeah, if he, if he hears a fireworks, if he, you know, you slam the door, if an engine backfires, mm-hmm. he's very tense. He's this feels big, like a shout-out to Kyle. In a good way. Yes. Yes. He's gotten dramatically better. He's awesome, and he talks about it a lot, and he's, like, accepted it, and I hope he's gotten everything. But whatever. Anyways, yeah, no, PTSD is not fun. Basically, if Kyle, you're listening, we're proud of you. <laughs> yeah. He's awesome. I love Kyle. Anyways. And also, we definitely brought this up in an earlier podcast, but don't be a dick to their service dogs. Yes. If PTSD oh. as a service dog, yeah. don't be a dick about it. Kyle doesn't have one, but th- those dogs are on duty. Leave them alone. Just let that go. Be cool. Um, uh, it's more of don't be the person that says that PTSD isn't is the, not real. Yeah, is, isn't the thing. Yeah. You don't deserve to have a dog with you. Yeah, no, people are assholes. But that's not the point. Trump's awesome, 2020. And <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, as the shit's going on, um, people are dying left and right. Explosions. You see a dude, real, real graphic scene. Oh, jeez. Yeah, from, like uh, from the knee foot? to the ankle, there's like a big half moon just gone and mm-hmm. it's just meat and there, gross yeah there, there's a dude with the foot that's hanging on literally by a sinew yeah. oh that's why oh. Impor- okay. importantly though you never actually see any Viet Cong. no they're being fired at but all you see is a uh no, it's guerrilla warfare they're hiding in the trees yeah. yeah all you see is movement in the bushes like there's at one point you can see they're clearly military with like leaves and stuff but you don't see anything about them you just see them moving and mm-hmm. flashes from barrels yep and 
we find that Tim Robbins has finally left being Reigns behind and now like stumbling through the oh, jungle. Oh, right, because when he was bleeding, he was the one yelling, Medic! Medic! Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of like, it's quiet now, so he's clearly a little bit away from everything. You hear a couple yeah. crackles in distance, and he's just wandering. Real slow Tim Robbins style, like he he's gets, going through a river of poop. And he gets bayoneted. Bam! Oh. Like a, and uh, worth noting, uh, not, spoiler, if you don't want anything, get a quick 10-second skip so you don't hear this part. I noticed that that was an M15 the minute it happened. Okay. I looked at the barrel of that gun and I was like, that's not, okay, well, whatever. It could be anything you want because it's the mm-hmm. black M15 handle grip. Yeah. And uh, so he gets shipped and falls down and... Then he wakes up on the subway. Yeah, what do you know? The guy's fine. Uh, and he's uh, kind of panicking. There's this creepy... He, wa- he wakes he's up and walks He's wearing a uniform now. Yeah. Well, so. It's worth well, noting that when too. he wakes up, the first thing he looks at is like up at like those uh, ads that are like yep. on the top of the train. It and one of them, Yeah, it's like hell. And then the little subscript is like, hey, don't have premarital sex or whatever. And don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. Yeah, it was about yeah. drugs. Yeah. And he's a little like, oh, that was funky. And he walks back. Goes to the next car and he's like, hey, did we miss so-and-so yeah. street? And Babushka's not having yeah, any of it. she just stares. Yeah. Stares and stares and stares. He's like, all right, well. Yeah. Fuck a, you, weirdo. Goof. Walks away. There's walks some down. guy sleeping on them. Like, yeah, some homeless seat. guy. Yeah, he goes sleep. and sits down. And his and face he, covered. And then when it stops, he gets up to walk out and he looks and he notices like a, a big old tail. dangle. Or a dangle. It's probably a tail. It's but probably a tail. It could be a big old dangle. Um, okay, so well, it's coming from I want to point. I want to point something out because mm-hmm. this is a direct influence that's taken. The street he gets out on is called Bergen Street, right? Bergen. Yep, Bergen. Um, Silent Hill Three. The subway level is modeled extremely heavily after this scene from the movie to the point that you actually your goal in that level is actually to find Bergen Street. Hmm. Jesus. Yeah, we had mentioned. Uh, I know it's been mentioned a lot before, but. Silent Hill, the entire series, draws heavily from this movie specifically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Three is where the influence is most apparent, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of it in his yeah. Silent Hill 2. Like, I was going to say, didn't you say 2 had the... Uh, it's like a shot for shot. 2 yeah. basically recreates a scene from yeah. this movie, shot for shot. Um, like, actually, in, with that said, the only reason I actually was turned on to this movie was because I was told that this was a movie that Silent Hill was based off of. Mm, yeah, that would do it for me, too. If I, if I liked a game a lot, if they mm-hmm. were like, hey, did you know Skyrim was based off of... Lord the, of the Rings, the, the fifth, movie? The Fifth Warrior with, with Antonio Banderas. I've been like, oh, fucking... <laughs> Fun fact, I love that movie, but I would have been even more into that movie <laughs> if I had known that. There's another movie I know that Silent Hill took a lot of influence from as well, but I can't remember what it's called. It's like Silent some... Hill? No, it's... Because like... it's a terrible movie. That's a bad movie. Resident yeah. Evil Apocalypse. That's like yeah, something... it's a terrible movie because Sean Bean doesn't die in it. How is that even possible? That's like the whole twist of the movie, though. Yeah, that's the big, like, oh, wait, Sean B, when is he going to die? When is he going to die? He, he doesn't die. It's weird. Sean Bean. Can you think of anything other than the Silent Hill movie that Sean Bean doesn't die in? There was a, a funny BuzzFeed about it, actually. It was all the movies he died in, and the very last one was He Didn't Die Here, and it was like, aha, I can't remember. I used to be addicted to BuzzFeed. I remember, you can check that's your... unfortunate. No, no, it's great. You can check your mm-hmm. Wi-Fi uh, data usage on your phone. Mm-hmm. And at one point, uh, my high, my two highest rated things was like Google Chrome had one point something gigabytes of month uh, for the month usage. BuzzFeed had forty four gigs worth of usage. Just so, BuzzFeed. So um, we, we all know Alex. Yeah, love him. When he moved into his apartment, he didn't have internet for a while, yeah. but he had unlimited data on his phone. Yeah. Uh, so a phone. So he was using his phone as a hotspot at yeah. his house. And as you know, phones track how much data you used. Yeah. In two weeks of living in the house. Or the apartment, 
he used 120 gigabytes of data. Just in Ooh. general, like Just for gaming general. and Netflix mm-hmm. and yeah. Woof. That's too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did look it up. Other the other two big movies that influenced Silent Hill were Blue Velvet and Session Nine. Blue Velvet. Either. I haven't seen either of those. Blue Velvet has. Uh, Dennis Hopper and it go, oh, what are those? Give me those. And he's looking at boobies. Oh, yes. Oh, what are those? And he's going for boobies. He doesn't know what boobies are? Well, he knows. And he wants them. Then why is he oh, asking? What are those? <laughs> yeah, and he goes for them. Oh, man. He's uh, pretty real uncomfortable. Dennis yeah. Hopper is the best yeah. worst actor I've ever Like He's so good, but he picks just such Ooh, bad bah. movies. He's in really weird movies. He's in real, but he's so good at in those movies. Like, we talked about it during our Waterworld episode. He is awesome in that movie. It's just that the movie around it is like, why, Dennis? Why? <laughs> he's the bad guy in speed. So I had actually yep. brought this up with someone, and I had a question. Like, Yes, Waterworld is awesome. No, I'm not, that's not the question. Oh, okay, okay, so, sorry. In like the Oscars and stuff, like best actor, mm-hmm. has there ever been a best actor from a bad movie? Huh. Like, you, like, the I, movie was and, bad, but they won yeah. best actor. Yeah, from my, a bad my movie. question with that was is like how much of the actor's performance is actually the actor's ability Who gets them the right yeah, yeah. versus how much is the you know the story being good and the director being good and guiding it in the right. Well, way. there's lots of cases with bad movies winning best picture. Mm-hmm. Well, that's I think it's really the fact that there are movies written just to win that award. And I'm talking like George Clooney movies. Like, you're watching this movie, and as George Clooney, you're like, oh, this is a very boring topic, and as George Clooney, oh, he's going for the fucking Oscar. Yeah, because usually if the if the movie is like a best actor vehicle, then the actor's performance is the entire point of the movie, so... Mm-hmm. I mean, so... The reason if, the movie's if, good if, is because of the actor's like, performance. Like, if you go off sheer, like, critical, like, reviews, like, Bohemian Rhapsody didn't get great reviews. And it won. And Rami Malek won Best Actor. Uh, Crash was a big controversy that won over Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, what the fuck? Or no, no, Crash didn't win over. No, Pulp Fiction won over For- Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump won over oh, Pulp Fiction. Was, yeah, was, yeah, yeah Pulp Fiction has no Oscar. Yeah, Forrest Gump uh, won. And Forrest Gump, as we all know, is fun. Great but, movie, So we, we got not. over this. 1994 was probably the most stacked Oscar of yeah, all time. Yeah. It had Forrest Gump. It had Pulp Fiction. It had why, Shawshank Redemption. Why did, why did Forrest Gump win? I think Shawshank was the, I think Shawshank was Shawshank. the best movie of those Shawshank. three. Forrest Gump was the worst of the list, and mm-hmm. they won. So anyways, um, but to DJ's point, yeah, you can't really say... A bad movie with a good acting performance and vice versa because it's it's hard to say whether or not like for example when uh when uh uh matthew mcconaughey won it for dallas buyers club mm-hmm. like that movie is awesome and both of its leading actors won roles jared leto and, and mcconaughey both won oscars if you had different actors in there same exact story and even like same literally everything but different people would it have won mm-hmm. those oscars or would it have even been a good movie it's one of those what ifs that you can't really play like and maybe a bad movie if an actor turns in a performance that's best actor caliber isn't that by itself going to elevate the movie yeah, yeah. so, so that, that's, that's my question like can, can, has there been a movie that has been critically panned that has won best act, that has gotten an actor best actor i would guess no and i'm not going to google it now because this isn't yeah. the oscars podcast but <laughs> that is something i want to look into mm-hmm. that's interesting good but question if you're trying to pad some time to make it the longest oh, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well you know let's take a five minute intermission <laughs> Uh, anyways, so uh, the the he gets off the train, right? And he sees this... And he is freaking out a little bit about yeah, the he's little, little demon spooked. tail. He's like, what the hell is that? And he almost doesn't get off. And and he does. And it's like a Freddy Krueger-esque burned-looking kind of nub tail. Yeah. And he's in a terminal or tunnel, uh, a subway tunnel. Is it terminal? terminal? I, I think of planes when I think terminal. But you're right. 
And he's all alone, and he doesn't really see anything or yeah, anyone that that's, that's, anything. The setting is New York City. Yes. So if anyone has ever been in New York City, a empty subway terminal is literally never a thing. Yeah, and yeah. also Rape Central. Is yeah. Oh, give me those. What are those? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he goes to. Oh, the turn it. Get out of the subway. He's gonna keep doing it. The concept of an empty, decrepit subway terminal is pretty goddamn creepy. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah, super creepy. And that's exactly what this is. So he goes to leave. It goes up the stairs, and for some reason, both ways to get out on his side of the the subway are locked and locked by. Yeah. Which is 100% a Silent Hill thing. They yeah. like to put chain link fences in places where they shouldn't be. Because there's no way that a subway station in New York, even in the middle of the night, would be locked up. That's dumb. Unless it is actually closed. Like for like repair or for some yeah, reason. Yeah, but then you can't even make it to that thing. Yeah, so yeah they wouldn't let you out there. I mean, this is this is a demon subway. Um, shh, they don't know it's a <laughs> demon subway. They just We just think it's a normal subway. And so it goes to... Cross the other side. Yeah, and he goes across the platform. Correct me, am I wrong? But aren't like the the railroad the tracks like electric? So there's well, so, so he, so he do, does yeah, that. You he, do see he is avoiding going on the track. And the one time he's about to, he taps it with his rubber sole. He's whoop, yeah. Whoop, whoop. So yes, they are. Uh, it's the third. It's called the third rail, and I don't yeah. know. It's not actually one, two, three, but it's called the third rail. And yes, that will kill you if you even do that. Mm-hmm. Boom, you're dead. So he, he it is actually kind of realistic the way he's trying to cross this. Yeah. Although he does take forever to make the decision to try to cross it and then even when he's on it yeah. he takes forever to cross it. Yeah, and then the train comes and he deer in the headlights it. Mm-hmm. Huh, huh, what? Huh, huh, huh. I'm gonna just dive to the edge. Mm-hmm. Which, we know the guy at this point, honestly, even though it's only the first five minutes, you know he's Going through, yeah, you, and like, this is a, this is actually a very like spooky image too. So as the subway is passing, you see literally just bodies piled up against the window, like looking out the window, just like hands against not yeah, mm-hmm. so not dead bodies, just people. Yeah, one win- one person per window, just kind of like there. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end, we see this spaceless dude looking at him. Yep. You know what I like to and think it about? Waves. Yeah, it waves. you know what I like to think about that. I like oh, also worth noting that weird babushka he talks to earlier. As the train leaves, it stares out the window at him. Yeah. But anyways, I like to think that the director, whoever, do we know who directed this movie? I don't want to look mean, it up in case of the his name was it was in the credits, but I yeah. can't. Uh, so actually, I want to say something real quick. Do we want to point out Adrian Lyon? Do we want to point out the things that uh, make a lot more sense or our theories about it? Like not till the end. Until after. Okay. Yeah, we'll do a. a we're so that's to, I kind of preserve the twist of the movie. Yeah, I kind of regret saying the M15 thing, but that's okay. not the point. That could be anything, depending on people don't know guns. So well, also, and that's also, not the big twist. Yeah, no, like, but it's, like imp- it's, twist. it's still important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So so yeah, we'll say that. And also, the Viet Cong were mostly all like found weapons and stuff too. Anyway, exactly. so it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be surprising if a Viet Cong member had an M15. Yeah. So guerrilla warfare. The uh, the I like to think that at the scene, the director went, "Hey, man." Just stand there ominously. And he went, yeah, okay. Stood there ominously. And then, like, right at the last second, he just did that slide wave. Because his hand just drops. It's not like a, hey. Mm-hmm. It's just hand drop. Yeah. And I was like, oh, spooky. Yeah. Like, it made me think that that guy deserved a best actor or not. <laughs> yeah, and I want to point out that nothing in this movie is, like, legitimately terrifying. It all just makes you feel really uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, there aren't jump scares in this movie. It's all just, like, freaky shit. And very unsettling scenery. And the way that this movie is edited never really lets you get your footing. Like, when you think you've got, like, a sound footing on this and, like, okay, I know where 
where I am. I know where this is going. I'm in. It does something to throw you yeah, out. It's because it's, it's not paced like a horror movie. Uh, it's not a clear monster that is stalking the yeah. hero. It's not, you know, the hero is being, like, picked off uniformly. or like The, the horror is being unaware. Yeah. So not, it's like when you're playing one of those uh, horror games and you get to a save point and you're like, hey, I'm safe here. It's a save point. And, and then, then fucking X going to give it to you? Yeah, X going to give it uh, to you. It's worth knowing. I just looked it up. The guy with the mask on? Ted Raimi. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't know if you guys knew that. I, I was curious about who might have played him. Yeah, Ted Raimi. Anyways, uh, just worth knowing. The man has talent. He has range. Yeah, he's got range. I think the hand thing. And I actually, I don't think he gets yeeted once in his entire. No, oh, and no. he learned that hand thing from Sam. Mm, Sam sense. was like, "Hey, dude, just, just real just quick move. when he says it, just do a quick wave." It's so scary. Remember when I had the lady under the door? It's just, just a quick wave. It's so scary. He's <laughs> like, "You got it, Sam." <laughs> Oh Sam, you gave your brother such good advice. That was such a good, such a good brother. Is that, is that mom or anything? Yeah, she's an old Italian lady. Oh you. I think at this point Sam saw his brother's performance and cried real tears and was like, "You belong on Cena. <laughs> yeah, you, you deserve it." Uh, so immediately after he dodges and lays down, he uh, he's what? Wakes. He goes to the chiropractor, right? Uh, no, oh, no, no, he no, goes no. home. He goes home. home. And he walks in, and this is He looks in a fucking desolate apartment. Yeah, like a Jessica... Have you, any of you seen Jessica Jones? No, I haven't. Yeah. It's kind of like that sort yeah. of apartment. Other word, it, it basically in other words, like a realistic-looking New York apartment. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. it, it looks like a place that people are squatting, and not a place yeah. that people are paying rent. And when he first walks in at some Craig Miss, he looks down at his dog and says... Hey, Charlie. Uh, hey, what, yeah, is his name Charlie? I think it's Charlie. Hey, Charlie. Uh, oh, what? He named his dog Charlie? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and he says, he says, go back to sleep. What, did you have insomnia again? Which is a nice little just like, hey, your mm-hmm. yeah, dog doesn't sleep well. <laughs> uh, foreshadowing. So he walks in, and I got to be honest. From first meet of this lady, I don't like this lady. You're not supposed to. Yeah, no. not a fan. And their relationship's weird. You, you meet it's his abusive. girlfriend. It's abusive. In both directions, in in both ways, because she's like, "Hey, where were you?" He's like, "Don't worry about it." She's like, "Okay, you work late." He's like, "Yeah, got some overtime." And it's like a little smile. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "What happened to your bag?" He's like, "Don't worry about <laughs> it." He gets in the shower. She gets in to sex him. And like, this I, is I, a weird oh, dynamic. I, I, do think and, I mean, so I don't know, you know, firsthand experience with like PTSD and stuff, but it it seems like a relatively realistic way that someone who suffers from PTSD would deal with. The problem, the problem is, though, that life. she doesn't seem to be on board with the whole PTSD. Thing. Yeah. No, and we see that later, like, but, how she reacts to when just, he starts, like, literally breaking. Even just general relationship stuff, though. If you walked home with, like, your pants had a good tear here, and your Christy was like, hey, what's up with your pants? You're like, don't, don't worry, worry about, about it. it. How would that go? Uh, she'd be like, what the fuck's happening? Yeah, and you'd be like, don't worry about it. And she'd be like, seriously, Jake? And you say, don't worry about it. And she'd be like, that's it. And she'd light a match to the wall, <laughs> and your house would be burned down. It wouldn't go well. No, if I'm 15 minutes late coming from work, she's like... Give me a thinking moment. Yeah. Where are you? But she's allowed to come home two hours late in my room, right? And then tell me that it's only 11. Yeah, and lie about the time. Oh, oh man. Women can't live with them, am I right? <laughs> Anyways. Um, uh, it's worth noting that the girlfriend is played by the same chick who is the bomb squad lady that is mm-hmm. co-workers with Chris Tucker's character in Rush yep. Hour 1. And... Coincidentally enough, I found her sexier with short hair. Yeah, she definitely is. Yeah, she's a short hair lady. She looked good. Yep. She also got some small boobies. And uh, quick, I was very sad to find out she died at 55, two years ago. Did you find out what it was? No, I was too sad to click it, and we were watching a movie. Uh, Elizabeth Pena is the actor. Pena, yeah. So she's, uh, 
she's quick to drop the clothes we find in this movie, and she gets into sex him. Yeah, she's not a clown. Yeah, she like gets all the time. And then he wakes up in bed, and she's getting dressed, probably for work. Let's say. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's definitely getting doing something, and he's looking through old pictures. Pictures that were delivered to him by her, uh, his children, his yeah. kids. Yeah, yeah. Eli so, and the other Gabe. one. Oh no, no Gabe's, Gabe's the dark Gabe right. is Eli and uh, it's it's another biblical name. Yeah, uh, uh, Ezekiel, Judas. Pontius Pilate. There it is. Pontius Pontius. Pontius. There we go. So Pontius. It is a J name. Oh, and and her name is Jezebel. Yes. So if you know shit from the Bible, it gives a lot of things away from this movie. In fact, this scene right here is basically him going, like, she's like, those names are weird. And he's just like, they're biblical names from the Bible, like Jacob and Jezebel. And by the way, there's going to be biblical themes in this movie, so pay attention to those. Well, and also at one point he says, "Like, how did I get? How did I end up with you?" And she says, "You sold your soul." So, so no, no spoilers till the end of the movie because I don't, I don't know the Bible. I think mm-hmm. I've explained my Awana's situation enough to know that I only know one Bible verse in my entire life is John three sixteen. Just in case you're. Oh, wondering. I don't know any Bible verses. I well, just have but, all my knowledge by osmosis. So, so. Also, via, his name's Bible, and he wrote the book. Of course, yes. I, yeah, my name is. Uh, through my uh, religious upbringing, I rejected all of it entirely, and I know nothing of the Bible other than sodomy's awesome. Don't cut your son's dick off. We well, don't cut the whole dick off. Uh, yeah, he cut the whole dick it's off. Just a little piece. Uh, don't sacrifice your son. That was a big thing. Uh, no, no, do sacrifice your son, but you don't have to go through with it as long as you should. Yeah, God's like, whoa, 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 don't do that. The, just cut off a piece of his dick. Also, you know that, yeah, but... Bush is burning. Technically speaking, by continuing to circumcise as a uh, Christian, you are renouncing Jesus' sacrifice. So take my son's foreskin off when it happens. That that means that you are yeah. That, that means that you are not yeah, acknowledging Jesus, that Jesus died for your sins. Jesus gave his sacrifice on behalf of all people. And the reason why he sacrifices. had to cut off the foreskin was it was a it was a penance for oh. sinning. So what you're saying is every time I go to a uh, religious protest, just walk around and be like, and I'm circumcised, <laughs> and I'm circumcised. Well, so I feel like most people will not understand that. Uh, oh, it'll be fun, Yeah, that's though. why it's only a religious requirement for Jews who do not uh, recognize the divinity Yeah, they say, fuck the Christ. Jesus. Hey, get him out of here. They acknowledge Jesus existed, though. Italians, just all Italians are Jews, right? Yeah, all Italians are. Actually, no, they're almost all Catholic. <laughs> but... Son of a bitch, that's how they get you. So, he's looking through these pictures, and this is where you get the understanding about what his life was. Yeah, we Uh, find out that the Colkin kid was was his kid. He was divorced. He has three kids, one of which passed away. That's what we learn Mm -hmm. in in this scene. They slightly allude to it, and they'll keep on alluding a little bit more and more as the movie goes on, but they don't show the actual... Thing happening until like three fourths. Yeah, the but, but you, is, you know he's the, the the sheer sight of the picture makes him start crying. So yeah. this is the first big fuck you to Jezebel. She goes, "Oh, is that a picture of your kid?" And he goes, "Yeah." And she goes, "The dead one." Like yeah. if I, Jake, if you were looking at a picture of your parents and you started getting sad, I'd be like, "Oh, is that the dead one?" Like, oh, no. By the way, your mom's dead. Yeah. Oh, no. hey, what's up? Is Albert around? Let me call him. Hey, he's looking at his dead mom. <laughs> like, no, you would never do that. And she's just like, she doesn't sit the dead one until later on. This, oh well, this is the one that oh, I don't probably, like things. That no, this, yeah, cry. this is where she immediately takes all the pictures and burns, and burns them. them, throws yeah. them. But but he does get to take the picture of Gabe, the Macaulay Culkin, mm-hmm. and put it in his wallet. It's the one picture he saved from all of this, which is nice. It's a nice, but she's a bitch. But the term is cunty. It's worth noting this is the first time you see your boobies, and also in eight movies, this movie might 
present the most amount of nudity of any movie we've seen. As far as duration, not... Uh, it definitely has the most non-fucked-up nudity. Yes. Well, not just that, but, like, the amount of times you actually get to see nipple on the screen, I think this movie I mean, I think every time she's on screen, there's a nipple shot. Exactly. Yeah. And the one scene is just nipple for, like, ten minutes. Mm, it's just a close-up of the nipple. Whereas nip. all the other movies we've seen, yeah, there she, might be a glimpse. Just she doesn't really want to wear a shirt at all. Let's do it. Tusk, no boobies. Evil Dead, very minor boobies. Uh, repo, no boobies. No, there's boobies. There's boobies? Yeah. A little bit of boobies. I always like dead people boobies. Dead though. people boobies and ritual, no boobies. No boobies. So no female characters in ritual. Yeah. Evil Dead 2. Yeah, there are at the end, but no boobies. Yeah. Just one. Evil Dead 2, very little boobies. You get a Undead boobies. Undead, but very little. Uh, the Thing, no boobies. Uh, what did we just... What was it, that follows. One? it follows no boobies. Undead boobies. It's undead boobies. Oh, undead yeah, boobies. There's undead boobies. This movie's the most amount of boobies we get to see. That is true. I like how we're saying like we're 12 years old. Like, <laughs> the boobies! The boobies! <laughs> the most aerial... What's your areola circumference? Let me roll a quick 6D20 and just... Ah, uh, there's my areola circumference. Oh man, 60 inches. It's practically the boob. <laughs> this is a uh, D&D joke based off a separate podcast. Uh, and we're going to roll past it. So... <laughs> Fatal. Anyways, uh, so yes, she doesn't like that it makes him cry, and she uses this as justification to burn all the pictures that he just got from his old family. Yeah, man, she's being a real Jezebel. Real Jezebel. (laughs) I don't know what that means. I'm not in on the joke. And then it shows him, if I believe, driving his truck. Yep. And he's going down the road, singing, having a good time, Mm -hmm. doing his day job, which is what I'm assuming their only release, honestly. He's a mailman. Yeah, when you have PTSD, time to yourself is the worst time. So, like, he's, like, doing his job, singing in the car, uh, and then I forget what happened next. He goes to the post office. He's meeting her at the post office. Yeah, yeah, you find out that Jezebel is, in fact, his co-worker. You know what else you find out? Tim Robbins is six foot five. Yeah, yeah, he tall as he a is, and she is short. We learned that today. He's like a full foot taller than her. <laughs> yeah. Not even. It's like more than that. Yeah, it's got to be. I, I mean, I'm not going to look up her height now, but it's got to be. It's about the height difference between me and Christy, which is 14 inches. Yeah, I bet it is. Oh, he got me. So what happens is, that'd be better if we were recording video. So <laughs> he goes to talk to her, and he's like, hey, see you here. She's like, oh. And then basically what he's telling her is, I'm going home. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I was looking forward to the ride. Cough, cough. <laughs> Some roadhead. Sounds like it. Sounds like they have sex in the mail truck, which I'm roadhead. assuming happens in the postal industry a Probably. lot. Also, roadhead to me feels problematic. Never done it. Franny will not allow it because she's too scared of accidents. Mm-hmm. That's safe. I, yeah. I unfortunately have a shifter in the way. Yeah, me too, buddy. <laughs> it's really hard to get your dick sucked while driving when you have to change gears. Hold on, get out the way, get out the way. <laughs> oh, shit, I missed the gear. <laughs> uh, but anyways, that... And then I think it's the chiropractor after this. No, because there's... I remember the, the, the switch was important. He's in that position of, like, you see him from the front when it notices the chiropractor pushing his back in. I can't remember what he's doing. Um... It's a good so, scene switch. It's a really good scene switch. I just cannot remember what leads it. I'm not sure. Well, we're definitely not to the party yet. Yeah, no, 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 no. I think it was, later. And I think it's, it was it's just not, him getting kissed with the judge. Yeah, he's like leaning over, which all of a sudden moves to you seeing the front of his face and the chiropractor working but, his Yeah, back. I'm pretty sure the chiropractor scene is next. No, it is. It is. I just can't remember the exact setup. Oh, okay. And is this really what a chiropractor's like? Because it does not seem good. Yes. So Franny gets chiropractor work done every now and again. It's more so like massage work than chiropractor work. But yeah, have you ever had that twinge in your back? Mm-hmm. Like where you kind of like lean to get out of bed and you feel that tightness? Yeah. They don't like knead the dough. They freaking 
crack, and then put you back. And crack, and then let you rest. Like, it doesn't that seem is, fun to me. That is it. I won't do it on a completely separate reason, but no, God, no. You know what always grosses me out? When they do the head thing. Yeah. Which they do in this they movie. This. Uh, actually, coming up soon. But I, I've never liked that. So the chiropractor, who is just the best character in this whole movie, just mm-hmm. such a such a yeah. So he's giving like inspiteful and philosophical. Inspiteful. He's like, yeah, fuck your mother. Fuck you. I was trying to say inspiring and and insightful at the same time. No, no, inspiteful sounds a lot worse. He's like, fuck you guys. You're gonna die. I'm gonna kill your mother. Hey, how was Vietnam? I put your head back there. Get the fuck out of my face. He's just a nice middle-aged Italian man trying to be like, hey. He is actually an Italian man. He's very Italian. You should go back to your wife. She makes you happy. Oh, oh, right, right. This is important. So they're talking about, you know, hey, your wife was here before. I think he says her name. Uh, Lisa. Lisa. He's racist. It might be Sarah. Do the Lisa or Sarah. Sarah. I think it's Sarah. So he's like, hey, Sarah's here. And he's like, yeah, what'd you say? Nothing. Nothing. And, and then he, he rolls over and it, she goes, it's Sarah because it's another biblical name. Yeah. Okay. And then he leans over and she goes, she said the worst thing she ever did was marrying you. And he's like, I thought you didn't say much. He's like, that's all, that's she, said. all she said. <laughs> he, oh, and he does make a snide remark. Oh, you, neither of you really say much. I guess that's why your marriage didn't last too long. And you're like, oh, these guys know. And he, these he, the guys know he, each well, other. And he does mention, like, you know, she still loves you because all she ever talks about is how much she hates you. Yes. And he's like, that's true love. Uh, and that's where he, and he, the whole time this is going on, he's talking through the silly things like, mm-hmm. uh, you don't know your left from rights. Every time you're here, you never seem to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he brings up the point that Jacob has a PhD and does nothing with it. Yeah, he, so he spent, he spent six years getting a PhD and he decided to be a mailman. Yeah. And he's he like, well, after, PhD, then he went to Nam when he got yeah. back. He and he says, well, mailman. after Nam, I don't really feel like doing much thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is And then he replies, nice. replies with, but with a brain like yours, you should. Oh, yeah, he said, normally I'd agree, but, with, but not with a brain like yours or something like that. And uh, then he does the neck crack. Which, I hate that. Oh, but not only there's that, that flashes you to which scene? Uh, back to the dome. Oh, where the people find him. Yep. Yeah, well, he's like crawling on the ground, having just been bayoneted. Yep, and they're just like, oh, his guts are all out. We should push him back <laughs> put in. Put him back in. Which is what you're supposed to do in that scenario. You are supposed to put them back in the body. Mm-hmm. Honestly, with like... um. How short the nom scenes tend to be, we're probably gonna forget a few. Yeah, because they're, they're just like weird. Well, because like some of them are just like looking at tree lines and that that one's really important when that comes up yeah. later though. So, uh, so he's it's just a quick one. Oh, you know his guts are hanging out, and it's clear someone found him. And then he comes back, and the so, guy addresses that. What did you do to me? Yeah, and he's like, oh, just a nor- you normal. Deep alignment. Yeah, normal. And, or I had to get in there. Yeah, I had to get in there. You needed a deep adjustment. And he's like, and then, I had a flashback. They've been happening a lot lately. And then how this framed is uh, the chiropractor is looking over him, and there's like a bright light. The usual doctor lights that are, mm-hmm. you know, so they can see what they're doing. And uh, this you know was actually you, one of my favorite parts. You know you look like an angel. And he says, has anyone ever told you that? Yeah, yeah. you. Every time you're here. <laughs> and you're like, oh. So clearly this has been going on a long time. Mm-hmm. Clearly... Uh, Jacob has been going through a lot of shit and is very routine. Anytime anything's a little bit wrong, go to the chiropractor. Go to the chiropractor. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, And the the whole time, the chiropractor's just smiling. No matter what's going on, he's always just like, hey, man. You look like a big adult cherub. Yeah, yo, that's what he calls him. Yeah, you you look like an angel, a big adult cherub. That was was probably my favorite scene in the movie, full disclosure. I really like that scene. It's very well framed. Yeah, and then uh, it shows him... Going home? 
What's the next um, one? I think it's him. This might be the alleyway scene. DJ, you're our chronology guy. Yeah, the next one is the alleyway scene. So okay. he's, he's, walk, he's walking down the road, you know, in his postman suit, and... Right, this freakout's important because it leads up to the next scene. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, yeah, okay, continue. Someone and, else, I've been talking too much. And there's a, uh, you know, there's a group of uh, ladies... Of the night. Of the night. Wow, that's racist. Wait. This is this is black. It's like oh, okay. it's black people. Yeah, yeah I, I meant of the night as prostitutes, mm-hmm. but yeah, okay. And they start saying, "Hey, Mr. Postman Adam." Yeah, yeah, they do. I Although he's very good spirited about it too, yeah. so you get the you get the impression that like this back and forth teasing is not the kind of thing that would bother him, which I think is actually important to establish. Like random people in the st- random like normal New York stuff doesn't get under his. Skin. That's his comfort. Yeah, he's like, oh, you harlots. But oh. this is, this is very what Dee is saying is very important for pretty much the next scene that happens. Mm-hmm. But not like not this very next scene, but like the next scene with Jezebel. Right. Um, but so he turns around. She prefers to be called Jezzy, by the way. True. She actually says, "No one calls me that." Yeah, and he smiles and he says, "Oh, Jezzy, how did I end up with you?" And that's when she says, "You sold your soul before mm-hmm. burning his pictures." Okay, we're back. Uh, so yeah, he's walking down the alleyway. And, uh, you know, he's just strolling along, and then someone comes running out. I believe this is the, uh... This is the, the guy from yes. the, the end of the movie. This guy shows up a lot. Yes. He's always he's always around or in the background or doing something, but he's not addressed until later. Yep. And he just says, you know, look out, and there is a car just, like, gunning for him. Yep. So he's serpentines. Yeah, he zigzags. Serpentine! He, Serpentine! The good thing is he zigs when he should be zigging, not when he yep. shouldn't He did not zigging. zig when he should have zagged. Exactly. And uh, basically the car just hits wall, hits mm-hmm. wall, hits wall. And uh, he jumps out the way and the car drives off. And yep. this is where you see the faces. Yeah, so uh, he... We see car, Ted Raimi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, three yep. of them. So when the car drives by him, we see looking out the rear side passenger, or the, the rear passenger window, uh, the Ted Raimi. Yeah. Yep. And he's like looking all spooky, faceless, and white. And then and I, I don't think I caught it, but I think the two dudes in the front are probably the ones we see later on. Probably. But in, so. in the back window, there's Slender Man and a weird, like, bony demon face. Yep. Oh, yeah, that, that's the one that's and shaking. shaking. And the demon yep. face is doing the head shake, which is a thing that this movie invented where... You see it real good later. Well, yeah, you will see it much better later, but what they do is they have an actor shaking his head at a normal speed... And then they take like every other frame. They out of isolate it. just the head, yeah. So that it looks like the head is shaking and twitching at an unnatural rate. Mm-hmm. It's probably a technique you've seen used in other movies, but this was the first movie to use. Uh, it. Basically, any movie from two thousand five onward that shows a fun transition where like uh, some like a shape shift, like any supernatural movie mm-hmm. where a face becomes mm-hmm. a different face, and it's like, oh, I was actually such and such the whole time. It's that sort of. Well, my head's freaking out, and boom. And this should go without saying, but Silent Hill uses it a lot, too. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. Uh, it's it's super modern horror genre to have that happen. Yeah. It's super common. Uh, but anyways, uh, he immediately it shows him at home, immediately after that. Yep, he's in bed with uh, Jezebel. Classic. And her, guess what? Nips are out. Yep. Her nip is out. Yep. So she's full naked. Oh, God, yeah. You don't see any, like, full frontal, but yeah. she is very naked. Yeah, this isn't a uh, Sylvester Stallone and this the is first where, movie of his career sort of situation. And I think this is where Tim Robbins actually says that he thinks he's going to hell. Oh, yep, yep. Because he, he says he's seen demons. Yeah, <laughs> and she's like, oh, they're just people in oh, New York. Oh, no, we did, we did miss a scene. We did miss an important scene. Ooh. When he goes... To the doctor? Or because it, he doesn't... Yeah, he goes to the veteran... Uh, no, this is after it. It's okay. after the car crash, but before he gets to... Talk goes to in bed. Oh, you're right. Yeah, the next scene is him at the doctor... 
Yeah, because he's freaked out that this car is trying to run him down. Yeah. You're right, DJ. You're right. So he goes to, like, the VA hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole thing is the catalyst for him. Well, I think it's just... It's a hospital. It's not the VA yeah. itself. But there's a doctor here who has seen him for the past six years. Yeah, it's... He runs the VA out program for all these soldiers that mm-hmm. were in Nam. Um, yeah. yeah. It's like Dr. Carlson or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah so Dr. Get, Carlson. Yeah, he gets called up by the uh, the attendant or the receptionist, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. And uh, she, he's like, yeah, I just need to see Dr. Carlson. She's like, she's like uh, Dr. Is Carlson, he is he new? That was um, not her voice at all. Is he new here? Yeah. <laughs> that's my choice to replay her as that. Um, and she's just giving him the entire runaround. There's no oh, Dr. Carlson. We don't have your file. I actually think that's really important. So he's like, uh, she's like, what's your name? He's like, oh, my name is Jacob Singer. And she's like, okay, let me look. She pulls out a file, and as she turns around and looks at him, she's like, uh, that's not it. Throws it on the table and grabs more. Oh, yeah, she does. She very clearly finds his file and puts mm-hmm. it down. And then. When she leans over, her hat falls off, and he sees it's like horns. filed. It's like filed down horns. It's like filed horns, and he obviously sprints because he says during that con- that confrontation, "I know where his office is. Just give me a pass. Let me go." Mm-hmm. He runs to it, and when he gets there, he finds like it's a like, self help group. It's yeah, it's like group therapy. Yeah, and the guy's like, "Let's go outside," because he says he wants to uh, mm-hmm. see Carlson. He's like, "Sorry to tell you this, he's dead. He's dead. Who died what? a month ago?" His car blew up. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, wait, what? <laughs> that's uh, a weird way to die. And he's like, that's all anyone knows. So mm-hmm. uh, that, that I thought that her putting the file down is like an obvious, that was his file. And she's like, oh, right. I'm there was like some sort of flag or something. On yeah. It. yeah. So she betrays it. So after this guy tells him he's obviously distraught and he runs home. Yeah. And this is where we get to the next scene where, you know, he got home. He fucked his girlfriend. Allegedly. We don't know if he did. Yeah, she might just like being naked. She loves being naked. I love being naked. Yeah, who doesn't? I told a really funny story on the episode with me and Albie about that. Puritans. About being naked? Yeah, when you're a teenager and no one's home, do you only masturbate in your bedroom? Um, <laughs> you know what? Maybe see that podcast for that story. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll get back to that. I'm just asking. It's a good thought. It's a good thought experiment. Like, Are you asking if Albie like, jerked off in everyone with the house at some point? Kind of. Okay. Well, see? I- Keep listening to Man and Machine because it'll come after this episode. I, I would believe that I'll be jerked off in everyone in the house. I just do it at the places that have access to pornography. I'm so. talking about when you were a kid, though. Yeah, when pornography computer. was not available. I'm You're older than me. Yeah, I didn't. Oh, but you lived in a city. I we did not have internet until I was like 17. Well, 16. Craig didn't crank it for the first time until he was 26. We, uh, sure, that's a good point. Of my mind, we, uh, we found a porn. You know, lime wired it and just put it on CDs. I uh, my town legitimately didn't get internet until I was like 13, 14, and even then we couldn't afford it. And when we finally got it, it was dial up. So it took also nudie five max. minutes. I, I, I we do, didn't have nudie max. I do how remember. Did you not get your hands on nudie max. Do I not need to explain how small my town was? Well, I was trying nudie max, then any room in the house could potentially have porn in it. Yes. So, See, I do remember but the very first time I ever looked up any like pornography. It was the classic, you Google the word boobs, turn <laughs> yep. off safe search, and then you print the first picture that shows up. So I had yeah. a I had a Microsoft Paint file where I would <laughs> drag and drop them, and then I saved it. And this was where I first learned how you could make files hidden that you couldn't find unless you sit, hit show hidden files. So I had a hidden file full of Jenna Jameson movies. <laughs> and so my town was, 
yeah, it was so small. We didn't have any of these things available to us. You had to drive 30 minutes to Ithaca to even find a nudie mag. Good luck having someone buy it for you. I masturbated to p- photos of girls leaning over muscle cars more than I did anything <laughs> else in my team. Because that's all we had! Like the Maxim magazine shots? Yeah, and like here's a really Chevy... Born, but here's, here's a sexy girl. Here's a 1970s Camaro and a so girl So you're saying that the shirt you're wearing less. right now is what you jerked it to? I've masturbated to this picture of Farrah Fawcett before, yes. <laughs> Not on this shirt. I didn't get this shirt till I was like 23. No, he has... Like, I see the white stains, right? Yeah, They're I like, right this, there on the boots? I hang this shirt up all... Actually, I don't. I just look down. I had to be creative as a teenager, so I'm, I didn't have the luxury of internet. Meanwhile, uh, it was like middle school, and they're like, hey, someone uh, abandoned some nudie bags out yeah. behind the school. I'm like, yeah. I'll find those. <laughs> Although I did find a porn DVD when I was 16 on the side of the road. And you're too scared to watch it. No, oh God, no. Me oh, and my no. friend Charles Grayson watched the hell out of that thing. We cranked each other. No, we did the classic, like, okay, you can have, like, 30 minutes in that room, I'll go play GameCube, and then when you're done, just let me know, and I'll swap out. <laughs> also, uh... We totally, I, I have no shame, we did that, it was great. When I was a teenager, we had, like, a, one of those, uh, uh, we got a deal on a cable package, so, Skinamax. <laughs> nice! The bread basket, which, if you're wondering, is a hand job where you, you do that, and you go over the top, just small ones. He's weaving his fingers. Yeah, you weave your podcast. fingers, and you just, on the, t- on the tip, just do that. Mm. Never done that to myself. This is way better than the LV conversation. <laughs> this is way better. Meanwhile, in our quest to have the longest episode of the podcast. <laughs> sorry, sorry, uh, sorry. So uh, back in the back in the bedroom. Nice. No, I, that was I was saying. You walked around the house when you were home alone and cranky. Yes, we're, we're, we're back in the bedroom, though. Where Jezebel Jake is like, and yeah, those, those, oh, okay. those are, yeah, those those are, are just are, New Yorkers. Yeah, and this is why I said it's important to what DJ had said earlier, where you know right. we see that he is fine with the average like day-to-day New York life. Yeah, running into a crazy weird guy in the streets of New York, that's just New York. But the shit that's yeah. happening to him, that's not just New yeah, York. Yeah, he keeps saying, you know, I've been seeing these creatures, these demons, and she says... That's just New York. You know, there's creatures all over New York. But as we see, as we see Jezebel more, her whole modus operandi is to dissuade uh, Jacob of believing in this shit. And and getting better. Then accusing him of being crazy if he just refuses to let it go. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because she's a dick. Yes. And she, what did she say? She said one thing in this scene as well that upset me just a little bit. Uh, Oh, fuck. What was it? Won't matter. Continue on. And he's over and over again hammering on the point like, no, I'm, pre- I'm he, pretty sure I, it's the Yeah, there was something not right about this, and I'm not sure what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she coaxes him. I think the very next scene is the party. Like, it literally just turns yeah, yeah, into yeah, a party. Yeah, it does. It, it doesn't even, like, have... You'll be better if you go to the party. It just transitions to him at a party. And now. he's having a good time. He's smiling. There's a girl going, do you have a girlfriend? You must really like her. I'm lonely. I'll be your girlfriend. Yeah, and I'm he's like, like, shit, where are those kind of women? No one ever does that to me. Craig will be everyone's boyfriend. <laughs> Craig, you just gotta take a trip down to Cougar Town. <laughs> go to Detroit and maybe it'll follow you. You don't know. <laughs> it's fine. So he, you know, brushes her off. He's going to find his girlfriend. And then he She's goes... She's dancing on the dance floor with some... Yeah, with it's some a, but it's in a different room. So mm-hmm. he's just doing his thing and he starts to head upstairs and there's this... There's a lady uh, schwami. Yeah, she's... she's uh, What's the old... Uh, Call this number Jamaican Miss Cleo. Miss Cleo. Cleo. Yeah. And another friend, she's like, give me your hand. And she's like, he says no. And another friend assures him, she's really good. Seriously, just do it. And he's like, well, fine, yeah, I guess. Which hand are you? Right-handed. He, he hands it out. And she looks and she goes, oh, you're married. He smiles. He doesn't say anything. He just smiles. And then she looks at his hand again. Like, at this crease that, coincidentally... 
two married men and one divorced man have on our hands? And she goes, oh, divorce. <laughs> and he goes, it's a paper cut. And she's like, oh, sure it is, you dirty rascal. <laughs> They're having a good report. I also do want to point out, because I actually think this is kind of an important thing, pretty much like literally every extra in the movie Sorry, knows bro. who Jacob is. Yes. 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 Yeah. Oh, that is a really good point. That His name gets called out by characters you don't ever see again. Many mm. times. Yeah. Every, sometimes you got to go where everyone knows your name, and everyone knows his name. Mm-hmm. It's true. Uh, Norm will be there That's now lucky. literally the saddest song in the world to me. Uh, I still don't associate it to Adventure Time. I do. I, I I understand why. I'm not saying it's not fair to do that. I just personally brushed past that part. Mm-hmm. I, I still can't help but hear, where everybody knows your... As opposed mm-hmm. to, where everybody knows your name. And he's just mm-hmm. trying to keep his sanity. I'm, I'm past that. No, I, it's it's not so much the song that destroys me, but the line afterward. What's the line immediately afterward? I love you too, Gunter. Oh, I love you too. Oh. <laughs> I, you've got to get to the finale. Me and DJ, it's, Craig, it's... <laughs> uh, you know how much I love The Office? The finale of Adventure Time is better than anything in The Office for me. For me. I'm just saying, for me. Is it better than the season three finale of Lucifer? Oh, that's a pretty good finale. But yes, <laughs> but yes it is. Like, I, I, I'm dead serious The season three the finale of Lucifer might be one of the best TV yeah, episodes was It was, it was phenomenal, but DJ can vouch for maybe this statement, maybe he won't. The finale starts a little, like... Really, this is what they're doing. Then you get halfway through and you go, really, that happened quick. And then it gets another five minutes in and you go, oh, all right, I guess this is what we're going with. And by the end, you're just hammered home with love and nostalgia. Okay. Mm. Fucking incredible. Sorry, anyways. um, So we're at the party. Yep, party. And then... Jezebel wants him to dance with her. Yes. Come dance with me. And then Tim Robbins starts doing the whitest dance moves ever. (laughs) And she's like... Okay, no. It, it's, li- it's like literally like the hitch dance. Like, it's, or the waist. Just this is where you live. It's worth saying that we are with three of the whitest men I've ever seen and one of the whitest Mexicans in the world. Tim Robbins is the epitome of a white man. Yeah. Like, he is very much the 1980s white man. You're just like, Although, oh, okay. like, if judging by this party, all his friends <laughs> are not white. Again, in no, this no, movie, no, no, no. They're in all, this I mean, movie, he lives in New York. In this movie, he looks like like a 1970s Mark Hamill started evolving, but then someone pressed B. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. We'll go back to original. Oh, well, unfortunately, this game's advanced, and we got uh, a little bit of He's, like, later. halfway through. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, then, after, like, he fails with the Some movie, guy cuts first. in. Yeah. It's like the Back to the Future scene. It's the same guy who, when it showed her dancing before, was grinding with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they start grinding, and then there's demon... Uh, well, hold on. So he he decides like, hey, you have a good time. I'm gonna walk this way, and he sees the this, other white guy. This part, the only <laughs> other white guy, this redneck there, and he's looking, and he gets that Tim Robbins. This whole movie is Tim Robbins being concerned that somebody's in trouble on the other side of the room. The whole movie. So he sees him, and he starts walking that way, and he's like, oh, oh. And it's so at that the moment the head, the head starts doing the thing. DJ was. We're talking called about. the demon jiggles. Yeah, the demon mm. jiggles. The DJs. <laughs> oh. Mm. Yep, he agrees. And he starts doing the, the DJs, and that's when you start seeing the uh, the grinding getting more... Sexual. Hip thrust full. And she's making the O face. And she's making O, and she's leaned over, and then you start seeing weird imagery of bones and flesh and, like, alien wings, fi- wings and tails and, and tentacles. He basically turns into a demon organ. Yeah, like, yeah. You, you literally see, like, the, the dude that's grinding on him is, like, full-on, like, demon. Yeah, and he keeps looking ahead, and the guy he's looking at, the head, the DJ jiggles, 
keep that now I'm just messing up words. <laughs> keep getting worse and you get a quick imagery of this weird fucking monster back to the redneck guy and then Tim Robbins loses his mind. And he well, and it, it yeah, ends. He, it ends with uh, Jezebel getting impaled to the mouth. Yeah. Oh, she dies. You know, and he falls to the ground and he starts convulsing and like mm-hmm. his vision is like ebbing back and forth from seeing things to going to black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he immediately wakes up in bed with a thermometer in his mouth. I think we also get another. Nom we do scene. get another nom scene. Oh, the nom scene is the uh, helicopter. Yes. yes. It's yeah. all you see is like him looking. Me- yeah. It's just looking through trees. He's being carried, is what I thought. He was because they found yeah, him. Yeah. Then the bring scene. him to the medevac. Yeah. Right? Scene before that, they found him. This scene, they're running through the woods, but instead of showing you any one or any noise, you just see tr- like a skyline above you with trees and him going through it. Mm-hmm. And then he wakes up in his bed with a thermometer in his mouth. Yeah. And, and at this point, Jezebel's talking about how she's never been more embarrassed in her life. Now he's a terrible person for yeah. getting sick on her. Yeah, and she's like, yeah, she says, I've dated too many crazies. Don't you go crazy. Yeah, if me. you want to do this crazy, shit, you're going to do it alone, is what mm-hmm. she says. And she's like, what does this say? And he's like, all of it. He says something like that. He's like, it's, he's like. Well, so she looks at, so she pulls the thermometer and she, it's, it's maxed out. Yeah, so she calls the doctor freaking out as one should. And uh, the doctor tells her, which she recants later, but anyways, the doctor tells her, uh, he'll die on the way to the hospital if, mm-hmm. if she doesn't Coming pull him cold. down. Which I have heard this before. If you have a fever running above 100, take an ice bath. That mm-hmm. is one of the things you're supposed to and do. And it is one of the worst experiences of your life. Yeah, it's incredible. I, I think I said it while yeah, I was out there. Yeah, it's incredible. I think I said it while I was out there. I was like, I really like ice baths when I'm having a fever. Mm-hmm. And not in a, So I have this weird thing where I just like to feel alive. Uh <laughs> When I'm really sick, I enjoy the sickness. Franny's like, are you okay? I'm like... So you're, you would say you're down, down with, with the sickness? sickness. I, am, I, I, I get up first, and then... Then you I get, get down with the sickness. Where if, if I'm you like, gotta get up. I'll be like convulsing in bed, and she'll be like, can I get you anything? I'm like, no, this is great. Leave me alone. <laughs> I love this man. Yeah, so like, my I don't know. It's, just, it's one of those mental things of you can appreciate feeling good when you're feeling bad. Okay. You can be like, wow, this feels fucking awful. I cannot wait until I feel good. So I enjoy it. But anyways. Oh, it's getting um, steamy in it here. It is getting hot. I'm sweating. Yeah, it is. It's, yeah, it's really warm in here. So he, she's I freaking out. She runs to the neighbor. She's like, give me all your ice. The she entire runs block comes. Yeah, she's running a bath. To shove Jacob in the bathtub. Drags him in. And when she's got tons of ice and people, they shove him in. And he's screaming. And he goes, you're killing me. You're killing me. And then you have a Vietnam flashback again. No, nope, no, nope. no, not yet. It's now a flashback to. Well, it's not a flashback. He oh, wakes up. He wakes up in his bed with his wife. Yes, Sarah. And he closes the window. This is actually really good. He's here. like, I told you to. If, if you want to, if you want fresh air, go sleep on the fire escape. Yeah, he closes the window. He says he's so cold, and they're doing a fun little married couple back and forth. Mm-hmm. And uh, he yep. says, "Oh, I was having the worst night, or I was having a bad a dream. I was uh, living with another woman." She's like, what? He's like, yeah, you know Jezebel, the girl at the uh, post office? Post office? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I was living there. And she's like, oh, yeah, I thought you said it was nice. Or no, she says something and goes, she was really good in bed, though. Yeah. And he goes, she had some really nice thighs. I thought you were having a nightmare. And he goes, she had some really nice thighs. And then they start smooching. Yeah, they start getting a little frisky. And Macaulay Culkin fucking ruins the moment. I what thought, a God I was ready for a new pair of nipples. I got no nipples. You never get to see Sarah's nipples. No. So this is where he, you get the, this, okay. This scene completely threw me out of what I thought I was knowing in this movie. Okay. Because at this point, I knew there was going to be flashbacks, and I knew there was going to be hallucinations. This made me think this was his life. Okay. I thought this scene was really well done. It made me convinced that everything I had saw was fucked up, which was actually a complaint. I was actually going to be like, what the fuck was the first 30 minutes about? (laughs) I was actually upset about it, but anyways, we'll continue on. 
His son comes in, he says, will you tuck me in? And they do a little, like, he's very happy. He's so happy in this Yeah, moment. you can see he's, like, just generally, like, you know, this is, this is the life he... Yeah, he's smiling, they're talking, he's like, yeah, I'll go tuck in. Oh, the kids, this is what kids, they give me gray hair. And he goes and tucks him in, and each kid wakes up. The one on the bunk bed says, you forgot my allowance. The one on the bottom bunk just goes, I love you, Dad. And he goes, what is this, a committee? And he, <laughs> and he walks out, and then he's like, I love you, too. And he tucks him in. It's the only time, and, and I think this is important on a rewatch, it'll mean even more. It's the only time in the entire movie that he's not skeptical of something. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's the only time he's just like, this is life. Yep. And then, damn. Yeah, and then, <laughs> boom. He uh, goes to, doesn't go I to lay back down. I think this is the way he's getting, like, medevaced up. Yep. yep. Yep, he's getting medevaced up into the thing, uh, and there's a guy up there looking down to pick him up, and boom, we're back into Jezebel. Yeah, it's, it, this is actually a close-up on his eyes. I think this is a really good scene right here. Like, it's literally, it pans into a close-up on his eyes. Like, it opens up, like, you know, red eyes. He's just floating in the tub, and as it pulls out, you see, like, tears streaming down his face. Like, yeah. like he was... Perfectly happy where he was in that dream, and uh, at this point, she, uh, you see Jezebel, and she's like, "Well, you're old Jacob. You almost died on me. Yeah, you'll be all right." And he's like, oh. "Am I dead?" Yeah, he starts questioning it again. Am I dead? I'm alive. Yada yada yada. Oh, the doctor says you must have an angel looking out for you. Or something. You must have some friends. Some friends. Friends in high, in high places. places. I forgot. Like it. The 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 delusion or whatever of his family. That ends. He's in the bathtub with the doctor, and the doctor says, yes. that shit. Yes. Then we get a non-flashback. Then oh, we're back yep. no, you're right. in the tub again. You're right. Yeah. So we can get all the way back to the bedroom, where because that's already all been said. Yeah. The guy says, you must have friends in high places. Uh, Vietnam. Then he's in bed, and she sees him wake up, and she's happy. He's finally awake. Yeah, you're lucky your brains didn't boil, the doctor said. You know, she's, he was obviously going through some shit. And... Uh, I can't remember. You said you have a virus. That's what they say when they don't know what's wrong with you. Yep. And I believe she's like, uh, stay here, get rest, and she goes to work or whatever. Yeah, and then it flashes like two weeks later. And he's like researching a whole bunch of books on demons. Oh, he's in the, yeah, he's in the, uh, like a study in his house where he's Mm -hmm. just, all you see is stacks of books, bookmarks in them. He's flipping through pages. He sees a page. And this is where we see, this is where we see the page on Purgatory. Yep. And he throws a, throws a bookmark in it. Uh, and f- keeps slipping through. Mm-hmm. And oh, Jesse oh, is like a bitch. really. She's like, done with it. She's pass- first passive aggressively complaining at him. She, she's putting. Yeah, maybe, him, maybe you should go out and you'll know, go for a walk or go see a One toast. of us should be happy. Yeah, she's making him toast. And then he is not answering. So she walks in and she's like, What, what does she say? Is when anyone I, in there? Is anyone in there? And her eyes go black. Mm-hmm. Demon. But that's black. later on. No, that's the scene. That's, that's that scene. Okay. So she's yelling. Well, how does this uh, segue to the phone call? After he pushes her. Yeah, so he, oh, so okay. her eyes go black, and he shoves her, and he goes, who are you? And she's like, fuck this. You know what? You know what? You can deal with this yourself. Oh, yeah, this does all happen, yep. because, like, the next time we see, like, you might as well yeah. just... It, it's weird, like... She's just, just like, like, have a good fucking day, and she slams the door. Yeah, and their relationship always seems to just magically mend itself. Yes, yeah. there's always just all of a sudden... They're just suddenly back together and fine. Yep, and... Like, yeah, no matter... What bad thing happens is just like the status quo that yeah. he's so, stuck in. So she leaves, he's looking at books, and he answers the phone. And that's when the guy's going, Paul, I need, Paul, Paul, I need to see you. And he's like, oh, man, I've been down. I'm, I'm sick. And he's like, I need to see you. And he's like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah, okay. Hangs up. And when we get to the bar and meet this dude, it's the guy in the opening scene. the guy that scene. was freaking out. Yeah, what, 
No. Fat guy. He was, he was sitting down. He was sitting down. He was like, rocking back and forth. Yeah, like, the shell-shocked guy. Yes. He's just watching everyone die. DJ, you talk for a minute. Explain the next scene. So <laughs> this guy has called him out because, uh, I can't remember what this Paul, I think yes, this guy's name. Yep. Again, another biblical name. Um, and he's like, oh, I've been freaking out and seeing these weird demons following me. And Jacob's just like, really? Me too. I thought I wasn't saying. Let's talk about our demons well, together. But, but first, he's—I just thought it was nice. He doesn't give give the nut away at first. He just is like crying, like, "Man, I don't know what to do." Like, "Oh, I fucking losing it." He looks out the window and he's just. I, he, this is actually another time he says, "I think I'm going to hell." Yeah. Oh, oh God. Yeah. And the other guy says, "I think I'm going to hell," and he's freaking out, and he's just like, "Oh, well, that wording is a little peculiar." Mm-hmm. Then he says, "People are following me," and he's just like, "Yep, I'm with you. They're following me too." It's worth noting that midway through the conversation in the background, you see, um... You see the guy a, that... A gentleman see, with curly hair. A yeah. skinny the, white guy with The curly same hair. guy that we saw uh, warning about the car coming. Yep. Yep. And so he's like, I understand. Why don't we go? And they walk out. And as they walk out, uh, the Paul gets to his car. And Jacob, Jacob looks down. On the ground. He sees a quarter. And my he's lucky like, day. Must be my lucky day. As he reaches for it, the quarter just flies away from him. Mm-hmm. And he looks up. Paul, smiling, starts the car and it explodes. explodes. Just like what happened to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Dr. Carlson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it murders him and he goes flying. And, and then... the, the, the weird guy who's been in the background helps him away from the explosion, but then just books it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like holding him. They stumble on the second explosion, fall again, and mm-hmm. then the guy just gets up and walks away. Just yeah. like done. Mm-hmm. I'm out of here. And then the next scene is at the funeral. Yep. Yeah, and they're having like a little party after the funeral. And party. Back with, <laughs> well, you know, let's have a party. Yeah, what, party. What, that, that really is kind of what it is. Isn't though. there's a it's term? A, there's yeah. a term for it though. The wake is before. Yeah, it's the wake. Then you have the funeral. It and might just be called the reception. I was just about to say. I think it's called yeah. the reception. And he's talking to the his other um, army buddies. Army buddies there. There's the range. There. There's the main bad guy from Coming to America. Yep, yep. <laughs> he's also on ER. Oh. Yeah, and a bunch of other noticeable shit. Yeah, and Anyways. they're they're basically talking about how you know Paul was talking about how he's seeing demons, and as soon as they said that, you start seeing everyone getting like real life. There's one, there's one guy, guy who, isn't. who is noticeably chipper and happy to not be at war anymore. He's like, you mm-hmm. we're fu- we're, look how great we're doing. And I have a theory about this guy, but I'll wait till the end. Yeah, we'll get there. About that. Um, and they're all like, what's going on? What's going on? He's like, we should do something about this. Let's do something. So then it segues to seeing on like the roof of the building and they're like, well, what should we do? Obviously the army did something to us. Well, what can we do? I'll sue them. Yeah. Let's go get a lawyer. Litigation works 100% of the time. That's the American legal system. And who should we get as our lawyer? Jason Alexander. George Costanza. (laughs) Which this scene is... Pretty good. This whole part of the movie was obviously the lull. It wasn't a lull at all. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that as a negative, but it's very obviously the part where you're just like, okay, we saw some fucked up shit. We need to know where we're going, and then yeah, we, actually where we're going. Yeah, we don't see a lot of like this fucked up imagery for a little while. Yeah. Again. So, so they're talking to him. He's like, oh my god, you guys want to? Six na- uh, army vets want to sue the government. Oh, let's see. Then he's all of a sudden has a change of heart where he's like, well, right. you know what? Class action lawsuits pay a lot, so I yeah. guess let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, they give do me your sworn statements. Yep. Yeah, they do all say that they aren't doing it for the money. Yep, yeah, he says we're not doing it for the money, and the other five of them go, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you know what, I'm sure. this guy. Right. United front. Uh, which is good, and they all and do they leave hell happy. Yeah, like they're all like high-fiving, they're giving daps. But then you see a car ominous. Hey, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Gazoo tight. 
Tight. Then you see a car ominously drive away. As they walk out of the thing, yep, a car guy dumps his coffee and just zooms off. Uh, which leads you to the next scene where he's at home again. Yep. And he gets a Jezebel's call. Jezebel's there, and yeah. again, she's all fine with him for and, some reason. And she's like, hey man, uh, lawyer called, he's not taking your case no more. And obviously, uh, you know, Jacob gets turned up. He gets mm-hmm. freaking, like, riled up because he's like, what the fuck do you... What? 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 Yeah, all the other guys uh, bowed out. Yeah, that's what... Oh, right, right, right. He said everyone else backed out. So he calls uh, ER guy, uh, mm-hmm. the bad guy in Coming to America. And he's like, hey, man, what the fuck? And the guy's he's like, like, oh, like, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's hard to it. explain. It's hard to explain. Yeah. And he's looking at something this whole time. done. He's looking at something, and he's like... Listen, man. Well, they have a, a little conversation, but anyways, the, the thing end of I, it want, is, I want to point out is that like he was sitting at this desk next to the phone, just waiting for yes, it. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. he was. And so he's, he's like, expecting the call. Listen, buddy, don't ever call me again. He's like, no, what? I can't do this alone. And he hangs up. And when he hangs up, and obviously Jacob realizes it, the camera pans over. All the other five of them are sitting there. Yep. They're all together, just waiting to tell Jacob to go fuck. Yep. And once again, we have it. We have a theory on what this actually is and why this happened. Okay, so we'll get to that. Um, which is, I thought that was my assumption when watching it was whoever that dude in the car was went and talked yeah, to, to them. Yeah. yeah, just went and talked to him. And that is where the movie wants you to be. And it, he does go to confront Jason Alexander about it, and Jason and Alexander's like, "Hey, fuck you, buddy." And, oh, and he tells him. I looked into the military cases. You never served time in Vietnam. You did two years in Thailand and got discharged. Yep. You and your whole band of friends were discharged on psychological reasons. Yep. You're fucking nuts, man. Slammed the door in his face. There's no door, but that Mm -hmm. metaphorical door. And And then after this, it pretty much just goes from zero to 100 for the rest of the movie. Yeah. No, I'd agree. I'd agree. So uh, after this, they have a confrontation. He he grabs... Well, he grabs Jason Alexander. Slams him against the wall. Slams him against the wall. And then it's just like... I shouldn't have done that, and he walks out. Mm-hmm. And when and he leaves the courthouse, he gets abducted. He gets jumped yep. uh, by just dudes in black suits. Three dudes in suits. Yeah, in, a car, in the exact same car that chased him down in that alleyway. Mm-hmm. And they, they rough him. They rough him up a little bit, mm-hmm. shove him in the car, and they sit in there. And as they're They give him, away, like, the, you're digging in places you don't belong. Yeah. The, I, so, I know that actor from You're going to yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, I think he's a common, like, mobster actor. Yeah, I've definitely seen um, him before. So one thing I want to... I'm not sure if I just was looking for stuff or if it actually happened. Oops, sorry. So at some point, you know, <laughs> Jacob, first Jacob, you know, he feigns acceptance, and he tries to fight them off. Yeah. And they pull a gun, and it drops... And I'm pretty sure when you look at the guy to Jacob's, uh, so it's the guy on the right hand of the screen to the right yeah, hand yeah, of Jacob. Yeah, the blonde I'm one. Pretty sure, I'm pretty sure his teeth turn jagged. Yes. I wasn't sure if I just noticed that. Or I don't. If it, like, actually so happened. upon recollection, I don't remember if they were jagged or not. But when watching it, I went, "Why is that guy smiling so much? Like his his yeah. teeth were very apparent." Yeah, it looked to me like his teeth turned jagged and like yeah. like fang like. So they're like, "Hey, you're digging into stuff you don't want to know," and he's like. Okay, you got it, boss. Elbow, elbow, kick, punch, kick, punch. Mm-hmm. Coast. That's the way it rolls. <laughs> then we get Just like... a rebel to the world with no... Pl- Lupe Fiasco? No? You're not gonna... Don't really listen to him that much. Okay, well, anyway. It's weird to me, actually. Yeah, right? Lupe seems like his type yeah, of... Yeah, it seems up his alley. Okay, I'll go yeah. listen to him. Yeah. This is an anal podcast, so I want you to. We do kind of get like the one, like almost like comic relief scene of the whole movie. Yeah, because he gets thrown out of this car. Oh my god! Yeah, so so he's like he can't move because he like. He threw out his back. Yeah, he jumped so, out. Well, of a... So you understand in this moment, though, and the lead up to it, he broke his back. The dude's yeah. paralyzed. You think he's paralyzed. Mm-hmm. He can't move, and there's a Santa doing the, uh, uh, the Salvation Army yep. Santa. Ding, ding, ding. Give us a change. 
He walks over and looks down at him. Ooh, you're not doing too well, guy. Yeah. And then reaches in and steals his wallet. <laughs> well, he looks in the wallet first for cash and goes, yup. And <laughs> as he puts enough. it in his pocket, I thought this was important, too. There's, like, three people leaning out a window looking at him. And he's like, where's your change? Like, everything's good. This goes back to being Santa. Yeah, just everything. And the people are okay I think the it. joke here is just, uh, New York, am I right? Yeah. Everyone's okay with it, and he gets, uh... Is this another Vietnam flashback, or we... Mm. Not yet. The one where they're in the I think, helicopter? I think, I think he just... This might be in the helicopter, it might not. No, the helicopter doesn't happen yet. Yeah, so this, okay. I think he just wakes up in the hospital. Like, yep, he, and they're like, what's going on, buddy? And he's like... We found him on the side of the road. My back, I can't move. And he's like, who did this? Like, I need or to no, get it. Does he have any identification? Do we know no. where he is? No, he doesn't have anything. He took my wallet. Yeah, who? who? Santa Claus. <laughs> and they're like, they do the quick... This all fucking right. guy, oh, okay, this guy right here, and they're like, all right, he passes out. Take him to the X-ray room, and this is where I think you get the scene, right? This is the well after this. Got scene. it. It's right after it. So the hospital scene again is one that shows up in Silent Hill. It's yeah. the most unsettling scene in the entire movie. Yes, yeah, without a doubt. They're taking him to the quote-unquote X-rays, and all of a sudden. The rooms get more desolate. Yeah, first they like they look like they're taking him into like a garage somewhere. Yeah, they're There's outside. There's trash at everywhere. One point. You see a broken bike. You see that to the side. And, he, and to that, this is very important. He says Gabe at it. He does. And then you see uh, paint chipped. All of a sudden, they're in kind of like an insane asylum hallway. There's people on the floor. He looks up. There's, There's a guy with body parts everywhere. Uh, that's a little bit later. So like as they're no, going, I'm pretty sure it's like right before they get into the area with all the. The crazy people. No, it's after that because the wheel gets stuck on one of the hearts on and they push it through the door. Mm-hmm. So, so like they're pushing. There's the guy with the small legs and the arms doing the kind of like gorilla run. There's like a cage all around them because there's a cage above them. Yeah, there's, there's a guy like, like spider crawling. That's where spider. you see Nips number two at least. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Which yeah. definitely inspired an enemy in Silent Hill as well because there's a cage floor area where there's just enemies crawling on it yeah. and reaching yeah. at you. And there's a guy just like slamming his head against the window. Yep. There's a lady on the ground just in the fetal position, and then you see there's a legless dude in a box. Yup. You see body parts with the twitching head. Yeah. Oh, oh, God, you're right. That is eraser heads just in a room staring at him. Yeah. Then you see the hearts and all that on the floor, and one of the wheels goes to go over a heart and gets stuck. And well, it's not they, just hearts. It's all sorts well, of like arms, arms, limbs. But the, the wheel gets stuck on yeah. the heart. And then they push it through the door where all of a sudden you see a bunch of doctors, quote-unquote, and stuff. And uh, Jezebel is one of the nurses yep. administering the shots. And they put his head in a vice in this, I, like... I need to get back to my family. Oh, no, where do you want to go? Home. home. You, you are, are home. He's like, uh, he's like, he's like, you're dead, remember? No, I'm alive. It's <laughs> like, no, you died, buddy. And uh, it shows, oh, I don't even It's basically like, you don't belong anywhere. You're dead. Yeah, and then it... it so was, the doctor goes face, like, like faceless. Oh, no, no, the guy he tells to do the shot. He says, give yeah, him the like shot. The nurse, the... Yep, so Ted Raimi's back, and he's like... Oh, and no, now he's got no eyes. The skin is pushed over his eyes, and he puts a needle right between the eyes. Mm-hmm. I hate that kind of stuff in goring movies. I don't mind watching limbs go flying through the air. Mm-hmm. I don't mind watching, like, disembowelments, but the slow, the, like, hey, I'm going to watch this happen. <sighs> and then... I think that one's in flashback. Yeah, yeah and, and this flashback... This is the tree line one. Uh, he, no, for, no well, first it shows in, the tree lines being scanned, and, and then, then it shows him in the helicopter. This is yeah. him in the helicopter where uh, he's he's the guy screaming. He he's looks on up, a pile of bodies. The pilot gets shot, and there's blood all over the screen. And the co-pilot's like trying to wipe the screen off, and the guy's machine gunning just into open air. You can't see. He's like, I don't know what's going on, guys. Uh, 
And then it flashes back to him. In, he's in the hospital bed. In the yeah. hospital and bed. And he gets a visit from his wife and kids. With his leg up. Yep, he's got his leg up, his wife and kids. Hang in there, Dad! Yeah, they're joking. <laughs> and, they're like, and the doctor's like, oh, you won't know much of what you're saying, because he's all fucked up. Yeah, and the, and the wife, as hell. the wife comes in, he goes, am I dead? And she's like, what? He's, no, or no, no, I'm alive. No, no, he does say, am I dead? Yeah, and then he goes, I'm like, alive. And she's like, what the hell are you talking about? And she's like, I still love you, I know. And he starts crying. Mm-hmm. So sad. Mm-hmm. And he's like, help me. She leans down and hugs him. She's very sweet. Very sweet. And then all of a sudden you flash to... Um, the doctor. The doctor. Or not the doctor. The, the, the chiropractor. chiropractor. Well, chiropractors yeah. are doctors. <laughs> and he's freaking out. He's like, where is Jacob? And they're like, why, why, why? Because for some reason in the main reception area, there's four beds with patients in them. Mm-hmm. And they're like, keep it down, keep it down. And he's like, Jacob! He's like, I'm in here. He's got a British accent. And he goes in there and he's like, oh, what is this shit? This is barbaric. This is the middle ages. His legs up in the air. You're all fuckers. And they're like, you can't do that, sir. He's like, you come in. I'll wrap this thing around your neck so fast. And it's just a crutch. It's just a crutch. So he gets Jacob out of the bed, puts him in a wheelchair, and just walks him out. (laughs) Just walks him out. He brings him him to his chiropractor. And then we find out that literally the only thing wrong with him is he had a slip disc. Yep. And they fix him. Which, I liked. I liked that there's another one of those conversations with the chiropractor. Mm-hmm. Jacob starts with, am I going to die? This is the most important this is conversation. Yeah. This is like the best line from the entire movie is mm-hmm. the uh, the chiropractor's like monologue to him. Uh-huh. Where he says, uh, he was talking about like some readings he had from some like from some book he read. He's like, yeah, you ever read this author? I can't remember the author's name. Yeah. And he's, like, and he's hey. like, how could you have not have read that with your PhD? Yeah, and it's something along the lines of, you know, when you when you're dying, uh, you're you'll see uh, hell is just the uh, your attachment to earth being burnt away from you. Yes. If you maintain atta- if you try to hold on to that attachment, you're gonna see demons ripping your, your life apart. Your memories and emotions. Yep. yep. And hang on to that attachment, you'll see demons ripping your life apart. But once you let that go, those demons are really angels trying to bring you on to the better place. He says, "I heard." Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> It's very clear that he's just like, well, maybe you should relax a little. Like, mm-hmm. it's okay to see a little, get a little crazy, but really, if you just kind of free yourself, it'll all work out. And you're like, okay, sure. You gotta lose yourself in the music. Yeah, in the moment. You own it, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. he's... never let it go. Yeah, exactly. Oh, what are those? <laughs> what are those? <laughs> and he, uh, Stay away from me, Dennis Hopper. <laughs> he just wants to know... <laughs> and he, uh... It's really not. He does the exact same routine. He cracks his back first, then he says, go to your left, and he gets to the wrong side, he says, your other left, and he flips over. All the same, except he has more profound words to say, which Mm -hmm. was what you just went. And uh, he's like, all right, let's see if you can stand up on your own now. Which I... I don't know if this was or not, but it felt like a nice metaphor for later in the movie, like, because as as it ends, we'll we'll get there. Mm -hmm. Um, He's like, I want to see if you can stand on your own. He's like, really? You think so? He stands the whole chair up, and he walks out and he says, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of you. Okay, and this is a happy moment. Like, hey, your back's not busted. You're not paralyzed. Yeah. Cool. Uh, which leads us to... He goes back he to goes... his apartment. Yep. Fish Jezebel. First, he's looking through a box of stuff from, like... Yeah, his, like... His, like oh, his, right. His, his, like, Vietnam box. Right, right, right. Pretty much it's anything that reminded him of his life before Vietnam. It's where we found out he was Jewish. Mm-hmm. He finds his dog tags. He has the old... The military grade, I, my father still has one. Um, the military grade flashlight mm-hmm. that you can, you know, all the different parts. Uh, he has pictures of his buddies he looks at and like smiles about. He has papers that shows his PhD. It says mm-hmm. your uh, uh, achievement of whatever. Also, his is 
for his uh, discharge, he got this like little like yeah diploma thing. I'm like, nah, they just gave me like this farm with a bunch of people jargon. <laughs> Forty years after this, they treated our veterans better back then. Okay. <laughs> after Dom, famously, they treated our veterans very well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, it's worth noting that at, at the bottom he gets to like this little letter that was written to him by uh, Gabe, yeah. and then he has like a bunch of flashbacks. Yeah. So the the, the letter says, "Daddy, please come home. Uh, someone found a frog. Mommy wants you to send money. I love you." Mm-hmm. And he's like, he gets one quick tear, and he's having a good time. Is this where we see the flashback to uh, him and his son in the park? Yep. Yeah. It's like a series of flashbacks that ends up with, um, like... It shows them walking together, it shows him holding him, it shows him... He helps him learn to ride a bike, and then there's a scene where he's on, uh, Gabe's alone, and he has his bike, and he drops his baseball cards, and he's like, oh, I gotta pick them up, I'll keep them on bike standing at the same time, and then truck. Yes. And all it shows you is a bike getting dragged by the back tires. Yep. Which I'm really happy it didn't go too aggressive. Yeah, you get to see a child get struck Because it's a flashback. Didn't need to see McCullough. We didn't need to see Ted Raimi get hit by a truck. Exactly. Famously, he's only like three foot five, so he can handle anything. Fun fact, it's usually two Ted Raimi stacked on each other to make one normal person. So I did like that. They do lots of like, hey, this is what life's about. And then that's when he gets the phone call. Right? Uh, well, Jezebel. Yeah, he Jezebel. has a quick uh, conversation with Jezebel. Yeah. Which he's like, I was in the hospital. Don't tell anyone I'm here. Yeah. yeah. And she, the phone rings. And he's like, listen, I'm not here. Tell someone you haven't seen. She answers. No, I haven't seen him. Okay, well, tell him I need to talk to him about Vietnam. And he's like, oh, well, well, you're talking about demons. Yeah, hey, uh, this is uh, J- Jacob. He's like, all right, listen, you were in Vietnam, right? You're seeing demons, right? Pretty fucked up shit, right? Come see me. You want to know more? Please pay nine ninety nine. Ship it to, and then he's like, "All right, meet me here." They meet there, and how will I know who you are? You seen me before. Yeah, you already know who I am. Sure enough, he shows up outside the food truck. Who is it? It's the guy, skinny white dude with long hair. Yeah, he starts explaining his backstory. You know, I, I was a, I was a small time chemist. chemist. You know, I was, I got busted on this. You know, no, no, this... not yet. All he says is, I was a chemist for the... Well, no, no, he no, says, no, he says it's not safe to work here. Yeah, it's I mean, not safe to talk here. Then they go to that yeah, scene, and he's, he's like, listen, man, and his, I love drugs. And his Who doesn't love tripping balls of weed? His name is Martin Newman. Mm-hmm. Paul Newman? Paul Martin. Martin. I think it might have been Paul's Paul Newman. Oh, Paul it's Paul's brother, yeah, yeah. obviously. All right, and yeah, he says, you know, I was a small-time chemist. I had just cooked up the best LSD I've ever made in my life. And they busted me. They busted me. I was, you know, I was facing 20 years if I was lucky. Yeah. And uh, while I was in jail, I uh, they they pull me from my cell, and I end up in this like little waiting room with, uh, yeah, it was like a hospital waiting room. Yeah. And there's a bunch of army cor- corporals there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they they Did said you say corporals. I think I said corporals. Colonels. They said colonels. <laughs> yeah. Corporals. Uh, colonists. No. Colonists. Yeah, some army colonists. Some army colonists. And uh, he explains to me, I'm like, hey, what do I do? I've already been in there 13 hours. Yeah, I, I already knew that. How could Vietnam yeah. be worse? I knew that Nam couldn't have been worse than prison. And he's like, are you sure? And he's like, well, I know now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, so he exchanges a uh, walk-on part in the war for a lead role in the cage. Exactly. Actually, kind of does. He, he, he was so. bad and bougie, bougie, cooking up shit with an Uzi. Yeah, and the biggest thing he says here, so obviously he says a lot, but the biggest thing he says was, listen, they wanted me to isolate the part of LSD and acid trips that invoked anger and aggression. Yeah, he's, he, they were afraid that you guys were getting too soft. Yeah, and this would make you murder train everyone you saw, mm-hmm. and guess what? It worked way better than they thought. Yeah, we had a test group on uh, jungle monkeys. They and they, they, they murder each other. We then did a test on uh, POWs, and 
I can't unsee the things that I saw. It yeah, was worse like, than the movie. I didn't know I men could do that. Yeah, yeah, that's why. He freaking, oh, I, I can only imagine. I'm, again, I'm Man. happy that this movie chooses to describe certain things yeah. and show certain things. Yeah. And so, it describes, he calls the, the drug ladder. Yes, yeah. it, they call it because it's a quick shoot down the ladder. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they're like, the okay, so we were about to do a big offensive, like it was very publicized. Even Time Magazine knew. Yeah. yeah. And the odds were very stacked against us, and we needed a win just for just to save face. Yep. So they decided to try out the drug on just one platoon. Yep. And by sneaking it into the food. Yep. And it was an infinitesimally small amount compared to what we gave everyone else. Yeah. And then and figured we, we, we figured that that platoon would have the biggest kill rate of any other platoon. And we were right. Just not in the way we hoped. <laughs> you killed each other, guys. It yeah, was brother against brother. That's the biggest reveal. Is like, hey, you know when you mm-hmm. thought you guys were fighting the enemy? You were yeah. killing each and other. And at this point, we see the flashback from what actually happened. We see the army attacking each other. There's one guy who yells, Vietnam, motherfuckers, and he's shooting the mm-hmm. big machine gun. And he says something after fuckers that I can't remember. He says, Vietnam, motherfuckers. So we, once again, it's all being, at, like, this is all, like, mouth. We yeah, yeah. you he can says, see. motherfuckers, and then he just yells. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, and he's mowing down each other, mm-hmm. and uh, they're killing each other, and then it shows, obviously, Jacob walking through the woods again, and uh, he gets shivved. Yep. But this time, it finally turns the camera and shows you that it's the guy who was losing his mind on the, the yeah. Mar- Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. Yep, and he s- stabs him, and when he takes it out, and he, Tim Robbins is like, wait, you're... And then and the, the dude is like, making like these... If you want an exact representation of what the scene was, if you've ever seen Night at the Roxberries and they're doing the you me, me, you, you, me, me, you, you, me, that's exact shot for shot. I swear to God, shot for shot. I didn't know Night at the Roxberries got inspiration from this. Good to know. Um, and it's clear that they, in that moment, were like, uh, okay, I guess we'll just scatter. Um, which is a bummer, but uh, Tim Robbins is turned up about this. He's this is where he, he, he finally realizes it. Yeah. You know, he realizes exactly what's going on at this yeah. point. I don't and remember the next scene. He gets in a, ta- in a cab. Right, right, right. He's right, take right. me to Brooklyn. Well, he, he walks around for a bit, has a bunch of flashbacks. <gasps> oh, yeah, this right. is where we, we see him in his jorts. Yeah, we see yeah. The, sick, the sick dad jorts. Yeah. <laughs> and he gets in a cab and he says, this is all the money I got, take me home. And as the viewer, you assume... Obviously, he's going back to Jesse. Mm-hmm. He's going home. But he says Brooklyn. He says Brooklyn, which I didn't know that wasn't where he was. I, I, I never really paid attention. To Brooklyn's a nicer part of New York than where he lives. Yeah, I never paid attention to that. So he gets there, and there's a guy who says, hey, it's been a really long time. Can I bring Dr. up? Dr. Singer. I, yeah, Dr. Singer. Can I call up? Can I help you? And he's like, no, no. I'm I got this. And the guy just, when the door closes, just dead face, just kind of looks. Like, not in a creepy way, just, like, looks. But, like, it's not, like, what you would expect from a, like... It's not the normal human reaction you would expect. Yeah. And he goes inside, opens the door, and he starts yelling, Sarah, kids. Mm-hmm. And he walks through, and he goes to what I assume was his, like, old comfort zone, his study. And he sits down on the couch, and this is where you have those flashbacks. Yeah, you know yeah. he has flashbacks. This is where you have flashbacks of him just remembering the good stuff. This is yeah. nice flashbacks. Uh, you know, the jorts and the kid and, mm-hmm. you know, the family. Yeah, and then suddenly it's daytime. Yep, and he wakes up and he hears a... A, a music box. A, he does yeah. hear the voice of uh, the chiropractor repeating the line. Yes, yes. that's that quote. Yep. And actually, one thing that we completely glossed over, like from an earlier scene, when he's in the hospital talking to his uh, family, like his, his, you know, his actual family, there's like a demon voice that says something to him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, from from... Well, yeah. When he said, when Off she screen. says, "I always loved you," he, the voice is like, 
who are you kidding or something yeah. like that. Or, yeah. What do you think this is? Yeah, the the yeah, and was... it's from off screen, and we never see who says it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So he walks over. Obviously, it's Macaulay Culkin. He says, "Hi, Dad," and he starts crying. He hugs him. He says, "It's gonna be okay." And are, he hugs you, him. Yeah, he's like, "Are you ready to go up?" Well, yeah. Well, so first he consoles him, then he looks up, looks at him again, and just can't contain. So he hugs him again. And as he's talking to him a second time, he says, are you ready to go up? And he just, like, get, looks up, and he's like, yes, I am. Mm-hmm. They start walking up. The light gets brighter, and as it gets brighter, he looks down the stairs. Yep. Just at nothing. He just looks down the stairs, which is really nice. And then all of a sudden, the light's so bright, it backs up out, and you see it's doctor's light. We're in Vietnam. In a field um, hospital. In a field hospital. He's gone. And they're reading his pulse, and, yeah, he's like, he's gone. He put up a really good fight. But there's no more or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they take one of his dog tags. Yep. And they give it to the, the doctor writing up. And the final scene is literally just like a, a solid minute of just a dead Tim Robbins on the thing. Mm-hmm. Just silence. Just mm-hmm. this, this, yeah. is, this is the movie. Um, and that's the end. Yeah. So long story short, this well, movie. We get a blurb of text saying like. Right. Oh, uh, they, well, this was like the movie, not for the movie I'm talking about. This was like the director being like. Hey, uh, it, allegedly the army uh, experimented in some drug called BZ during the Vietnam War. But Pentagon they, has denied this. Yeah, which yeah. is a common uh, conspiracy slash fact. I don't know if it's been proven yet, but it's a common. This is a believable one. It's that we practice with. Actually, Creed Breton was uh, the, one of the most wanted men because he had uh, ex- uh, stolen military grade LSD. I mean, okay. in made, the office universe, yes. it makes sense because of you know MK Ultra and all that. Yeah, like the, the government made LSD. Yeah, so so you know that's a little like, hey, this isn't a true story, but it's based on something that people have mm-hmm. talked about. So it's a little fucked yeah. up, and and it leaves you with that note of and oh oh no, it's uh, that's actually really good. As the doctors walk away from him, they go, he looks really peaceful. Mm-hmm. And that's when they said, yeah, he put up a good fight, and they walk mm-hmm. out. So I had mentioned that this movie feels like something that's right up Craig's alley, where it is uh, you know, kind of mind-fucky and very critical of the U.S. government. So, yep. so before we get into thoughts and reactions, I need, I need an explanation of all the biblical names. Because that's something that uh, on me was so completely let's, let's just, let's just, you know, in case people have missed the whole metaphor of the movie... Jacob died in Vietnam, or he was dying in Vietnam, and the whole movie was basically a, you know, him in purgatory fighting fighting between Serving where he's going to end up. Right, basically. Yeah, yeah, am I going to live in hell or heaven? And there's both interference from demons and, yep. well, angels. one yeah. angel. And, yeah. yeah, an angel. Yep, the chiropractor is allegedly an angel. angel. And they're basically fighting for his soul. Yeah, you and could argue that the wife and kids were an angel, too. But yeah. Anyways. Well, definitely Gabe. Well, Gabe, obviously. Gabe might have actually just been Gabe welcoming them to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Gabe, I think Gabe is dead, but his wife and kid, it, other two sons well, are Well, Gabe wife. is definitely dead because at one point Jezebel says, oh, the one that died before the war, before mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So Gabe is dead. That, no matter what, how do you want to interpret this? Gabe and then uh, the lead doctor, who we never see his face, which I think might be the voice guy, the faceless dude... And Jezebel, those are all demons. So yeah. everyone in that operating room were demons, mm-hmm. and they were yeah. telling the truth when, like, yeah, this is where this is your home now. You're dead. The friends might have been angels too. I believe no. no the so friends, I, I think, were also dead in yes, the yes. They all died in that fight, and they were all in purgatory together. And I think the, 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 the theory, theory the, the theory that we have yeah. about the uh, like why they all backed out of the case 
It's because they finally accepted where they were and where they were going. And they wanted and they to moved on. Yeah, so they moved on, and that's why they... That's it, it was hard to explain why, you know, they dropped the case. They, they finally got it. Hmm. The big evidence that they're also souls in purgatory is Ving Rhames was the first dude that died in the battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's part of the group. Yeah, that's yep. true. Um, and also, the, the one guy who is not seeing the demons, I think he's actually someone who survived. Hmm. Oh, he's not actually there. He's just... Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I think, like... All the, the the bit characters. That, that might be the guy that stabbed him. No, it, no. The blonde dude stabbed him. Was it? Yeah, we'll double check. Mm. Doesn't worry. Yeah, the blonde worry. dude stabbed him. The dude that was all uh, cynical was the, the Italian-looking guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, I think all the other like side characters and whatnot that aren't souls are just like denizens of pur- purgatory that look like people he yeah. knows, but aren't. So, so give me the biblical names. <laughs> give them to me. Okay, so. The obvious, the, the, well, not obvious, but the first obvious, the, let me use my words correctly. Here we go. Obviously, the first In one, spiteful. obviously, the first one to tackle is Jacob's Ladder itself. The yeah. title of the film, uh, Jacob was a biblical character in the Old Testament, and he built a ladder to heaven. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. Successfully? Uh, in in the I, Bible, I guess, allegedly. Okay. I haven't read the Bible. I just know that it is. He just wrote the Bible. It right. is okay. a the Craig James Bible. Didn't read what I wrote. I just let Jesus write it through mm-hmm. me. So the whole movie is just him getting to heaven. So that itself betrays the twist that oh he's dead and he's trying to get to the afterlife. Got it. Okay. Uh, let's see. A lot of them. Jezebel. Jezebel. Jezebel is a temptress. Okay, oh, so she sense. is a temptress. And he yeah, sold so, his soul for a good life. Yep. So she. That rep- uh, represents her in this as a demon that's trying to tempt him away from finding the truth. Because she's always trying to, like, oh, don't worry about that yeah, shit. Yeah, just fucking get over it. You're huh? crazy. Yeah, uh, it can't be real. Sarah? Uh, that's just Sarah just a, was Jacob's wife. Yeah, it's an old Hebrew name. That is just a classic yep. name to name. Yep. Okay. A lot of the biblical names aren't too head-on. Uh-huh. But, yeah, like, like Sarah, use, Jezebel, they use Jacob's Paul, letter. and Paul is a New Testament name. It's just a name, Old Testament, yeah. and so... Huh. So, Those are the main biblical things I know. Okay. Okay. Anything else, DJ, biblical that I missed? Besides the obvious... Most of, A lot of the biblical references, other than all of the obvious... I mean, like, was, a lot of the names are just window dressing. Was the party like a metaphor for something that had happened in the Bible? Was any scenes uh, Nothing particular. So I, I do believe that the, uh, the opening scene with the train is like, if he stayed on that train, he ends up where he's going to end up. Like, I believe that the babushka that was staring at him was another... Dead person who was just like, I'm just trying to get where I'm going to be. Yeah, heaven or hell. Yeah, just trying to get. Okay, okay, I can dig that. I can dig that. So let's let's move into how we felt about the movie. I'm not going to start. I don't want to start. Okay. Okay. So you guys have all seen it, so this was a second slash. Third right, slash your board. suggestion. So with this movie, it's definitely a thinker. Yeah. Right? It's not It's not really a movie you just watch for, like, a visceral feeling like a lot of horror movies are. Yeah. You know, most horror movies that you watch, you're just trying it's just trying to get a reaction out of you. Right. Where this one, it's more, it feels like it's trying to tell a story, it's trying to be smart. Okay. Right? I'm not trying to say the other movies are, like, dumb or anything. I'm just no, trying no, no, to, I know. Like, pretentious this one, is the word. Yeah, it's, try, it's trying to be But correct. not in a negative way. Because yeah. pretentious is used negatively, but is not always a negative mm-hmm. term. Yeah, it's... Trying to be a little bit artistic, it's trying to like like yeah. very. You imagine very Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, yeah. Where it's, it is a horror movie, but it's not what you think of when you think of the word horror movie. Yeah, yeah. It's to make you question your morals mm-hmm. and beliefs. Yeah, and yeah. I think it. I think it executes that very well. Okay. Okay. Craig. Uh, 
I really liked it because the first time I watched it too. Just was because, this number two? Yeah, this is number two okay. for me. Okay. The first time I watched it, it was pretty decent, and it like it was one of those movies where you go back and you think, oh, that, 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 that. It's one of those movies. The second time it's really good because you actually know what it's about, so you can pick up on things. And one of the things I really liked is they make it very obvious what is a flashback, which is the only ones that are flashbacks are when he looks back at his time with Gabe because mm -hmm. there's like a, a lens Camera over. changes, yes. Yeah. Everything else that you think is a flashback isn't. Everything's happening chronological it order. Is, it is all in real time. Pretty much anytime he is asleep in purgatory, he is awake in the real life. It is flashes of him dying. Like Yeah. His, and, yep, and when he loses consciousness in Nam, he's back in purgatory. Yeah. So he's, he's in limbo. All of the editing, like the very dreamlike quality of the movie, make a lot of sense. Yes. Yeah. You go. Um, how many how many views? Uh, this is, I think, like my fourth or fifth time watching this okay, movie. Okay, so you've seen it a good amount. I've seen it a few times. And, yeah, like, I probably wouldn't have watched it five times if I didn't think it's a very good movie. It's extremely well directed. You'd be surprised what I've seen five times. <laughs> You've seen Face Off, like, 20 times. It's, it's, I mean, it's, well, the, hold on. Face Off's a good movie. <laughs> I've actually, also seen The Room, like, five times, really so high, there's that. It's like a 92 or something. I've seen The Room, like, five times, too. So well, let's not uh, talk about that right now. This is a safe space. All right? We talk heavy thoughts right now. But, yeah, so I, I do think this movie is very good in terms of, like, just the way it's put together and edited. Um, I don't know if this movie is quite as smart as it thinks it is, but okay. at the very least, I, I commend it for how well uh, it uses I, the medium of cinema to tell its story. I think this movie, at first watch, and Kevin might be able to talk to him more, you don't necessarily know what's going on. Mm -hmm. But once you know what's going on, it is painfully hard not to notice every single small thing that points towards it. Yes. Alright, so, so, yeah, uh, as... I think this movie is an incredible storytelling experience. I think that it's creative and the people making it did something incredible. However, I do not think it's accessible and I do mm, I not think it's that. necessarily enough to pull in people of the genre. Yeah, I can see that. So, so with that, I'm not going to put any slants to it. Like some of the things, for example, I didn't notice it at first and like you said, I'm rewatching Wood. From the get-go, I thought he was dead. I just okay. did. I, uh, the twist at the end wasn't it. The twist of the LSD thing I thought was going to be the ultimate cat and mouse on me where I got fooled. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, fuck, wait, this is real? And then they did, oh, he's dead. And I was like, oh, okay, so yeah, okay, he's dead. All right, cool, we're back to it. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't like that. I think that's one failure of the movie. The only other failure I will give it, and this was just a personal thing, was they both went too hard on demon imagery and too soft in the second half on demon imagery. Okay. They started it heavy. They give you the tail, they give you the horns, they give you the people in the car, they give you the people in the train. And you're like, holy fuck, this is a supernatural thriller, what's going to happen? Second half of the movie, the only... Aside from the hospital. That's the only demon imagery, and even that is, like, fucked up in that it could be real almost. You're like, wow, this is fucking weird and gross, what's going on? Not what's going on in his head. Mm -hmm. So, I don't think it weaved the what is he seeing well enough. Obviously, it's demon analogies. And once you know that, it's different. You're like, horns, got it. Tail, got it. Weird thing, fucking his girlfriend, got it. Like, once you know that, it's different. But when you watch it through the first time, you're like, is this supernatural? Is this religious? Or is this psychic? Yeah, I think that's the thing that I actually like about the movie is, like, it's hard to tell, like, on a watch is, first of all, is he dead? Is this just PTSD? Right, is, right. Like, what is this? But I have the opposite interpretation of Kevin. I When I first watched it, 
I thought the LSD thing was the whole thing. Oh, you had the flip, and oh, then yeah. him being dead was the twist for me. So, so that's what lends to me thinking maybe this movie being because you said it was originally kind of mediocre reviewed. I get why it's a cult. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. This movie's awesome, but I get why it's it's not an accessible film. It, it's just not. It's there, kind of one of those. Even with the twist that you find out and you go mm-hmm. back and you look at things, there is still a level of ambiguity. Ambiguity yeah. Yeah. throughout the film. It's also a big downer of a movie that came out in the early '90s when everyone was really up on feeling good about things and trying to forget all the bad shit that just happened. <laughs> so you're saying if this movie so, came out in like '95, like after the grunge era hit, it would have been better. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> it, it. Yes, it's a very artistic and slightly full of itself. I mean, in the shitty modern story. time, you can look at that movie and be like. Oh, yeah, I feel that. But in the 1990s, I don't think people were ready to feel that. If I had known more about religion, I might have thought I was getting hammered on a little too hard. Okay. I think I benefited from knowing so little about religion going like, oh, shit's happening. I think if you know all these things, like if I had known Jezebel was a temptress in the Bible and obviously Jacob's Ladder was Jacob's Ladder, I think, I know you guys don't, you guys know all that stuff. I think it would have taken personally for me. So I'm happy I didn't know the religious stuff. And oh, that I didn't learn what Jacob Slider was until after the movie. All right, so that's awesome. I yeah. think that's better. I think that adds learning about it after. But for people who go into it with that, I, I don't know. It's a little bit full of itself while also being really fucking good storytelling. Right. I also like, get the feeling that it's like the director was like, no one reads the Old Testament. Yeah. <laughs> what are they going that's, that's kind of what I was getting at when I said that I don't know if this movie's quite as smart as it thinks it is, yeah. but it is still a good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's one of those Grant Morrison's take on Watchmen is what I feel I'm doing here, which isn't a bet again. Actually, I think, that, I think that's a very good, and I, like, it feels like something written by Grant Morrison, where it's oh, like okay. every single thing, like you know the author's trying to tell you something here. Yeah, but like, what am I looking for? Yeah. Like, yeah so well, like you're watching the movie, you're like, what should I see? What 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 did Grant Morrison want? Like, what does Grant Morrison, the person who thinks he's the smartest person writing this story, want me to know? What is he after? So uh, Alan Moore is the criticism that's on. But I oh, get yeah. what you're saying. Well, no, Alan Moore doesn't write characters that are smarter than him. Grant Morrison, everything is a, a metaphor it's or too symbolism high, yeah. or something. So I'm gonna, Even he doesn't get the high symbolism That is That is my favorite thing, and I've told you guys about this podcast many times. His podcast with Kevin Smith is hilarious because Kevin Smith goes, what did you mean by this? And he goes, I don't fucking know what I meant. I wrote it so maybe someone else would know what I meant. Like, <laughs> I was just writing shit because it seemed like it could be big. The fact that you made it big is like, yeah, that's what I was after. Cool, okay, cool. <laughs> Let someone else make you smart. Don't actually be smart. Exactly. You you, you just write what you think is a good story. It's it's the age-old, like, I'm sure you guys have seen the meme, and if you haven't, it's really quick. It's just, uh, English teacher, what, you know, the blue curtains represented depression, what this guy was going through. He went for a solid color so that he could really portray everything. Actual author, I needed a color for the curtains. <laughs> like, like, it's that oh. kind of thing. Oh, it's sort of like how... Uh, Fahrenheit 451, Ray Bradbury is like, yeah, it's about how television is destroying literature. Mm-hmm. And someone's like, no, it's about censorship. And it's like, but I wrote the <laughs> yeah. book. What are you doing? <laughs> exactly. And this movie maybe feels like not that. More it feels like the guy going, hey, how much can I put in here for you to find? Like, he mm-hmm. thinks he has a leg up on you, when in reality you're like, okay, yeah, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. It's not that crazy. Uh, all right, I'm going to look up the Rotten Tomato right. score. Yep. Is Let's it take guesses. Rotten I'm, Tomato score guess uh, in time? Uh, who hasn't gone first? I'll go. I'll, I'll go 82. <sighs> no joke. I was right in that ballpark. I'll, I'll wait. Hey, you well, say the same thing if you want. Uh, it's a shame because my gut was 83. All right. Price is right, Price is right, right yeah. me. 
I'm going to get... So, I was going to say that regardless. Mm-hmm. Every, I was going to go first because I didn't go first. <laughs> you want to go 84? No, 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 I'm not going to do it. Every time I think a movie should be higher, it's lowered. Every time I think a movie's going to be lower, it's going to be higher. So, I'm going to personally give it a slightly higher score than I would. I'm going to give it 89. Okay. I'm going to go up a, a, a few steps on you guys. I'm going to give it a 68. Oh, right. <laughs> like this movie's trash. I you feel, feel bad for not because it. I dislike the movie, but I feel like people are going to have a very similar reaction to Son Kevin, of but a without bitch. the patience. You're right. It's a 71. Oh, damn! Yeah. You, you win. You win this one. So I think that was actually lower than I would have put it. Again, but I'm I also, get it. I'm also coming from the context of this is the early 90s. This is not the kind of movie yeah. that people want to yeah. see. So it did become a cult. I, I understand it being a cult classic. I understand people considering it really, really good. It just, it Wait, seems... Wait, you said it was a, a 71. Yeah. Oh, thought you said 61. No, 71. He said 68, though, so oh, he was closest. Okay. We're not doing close without going over. No, yeah. Even then, he would get it. Um, yeah, it, it was... I think it's a movie I could definitely watch multiple times, but I understand if someone goes, yeah, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Like, I, but I also understand the person who's like, but the layers. I'm like, yeah, they're there, but does it matter? And, and, to and you? I think that's one of those things. Like a movie being deep or having a lot of like symbolism, it's like stuff that you need to look for. Doesn't necessarily make it a yeah. a good movie. Like you know, a movie doesn't have to be smart to be good. It's it's why I I obviously you guys know how I feel about BBS, the Martha thing that everyone hates. I can't tell you you're wrong for hating that because yes, it was corny as fuck. But if you choose to, there is something there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, 90% of the people aren't going to choose to. That's great. Actually, it's like 73, yeah, because it was a 27 rating. Mm-hmm. I get that. You're not going to choose that. But there is something there. This movie's not that, but yeah. I understand people who don't want to look for more. I sort of think it's like, it's not a novel. Like No, no. Your first and foremost responsibility with the movie is making it visually good with dialogue that flows and a story mm. it wraps around, and if like you have those first two things, and then you want to like yeah. have this big story with a lot of and smart shit in it, then go for it. And with that, I actually do think that the biggest failing of this movie is the dialogue. Yeah, yeah. Especially it is, big... it is very great. It is great scenery. Like yeah. you can't take anything away from the and scenery. the editing, like DJ said. Mm-hmm. It's the one thing. I, last thing I'll say before we get into our lists, um, and you guys are welcome to say one last thing before we do that as well, is that when the movie first opened, they're all ribbing on. Tim Robbins. They're mm-hmm. all giving him a little, and all he does is go, ha, ha, ha. like not even a good actor's laugh. He just goes, ha, ha, ha. next guy ribbing yeah. on him, ha, ha, ha. ribbing on him, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and I was like, this better not be the movie. <laughs> like this really better not be how this voice goes. I saw him do that. I watched, listened, and I was like, oh, that's awkward as fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd probably be me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Craig's like, uh, I don't know what to do. But the reason why I didn't land was Tim Robbins' character was one of the guys, mm-hmm. but he's acting a little out. So the dialogue, I agree, was probably. Anyways, that was my last thought. If you got one, go for it before we get into this. I'm good. Yeah, I think I'm all set. I like the movie. Yeah, I know. You. All right, so we'll do lists now. I'll start because yeah, I had the case. first movie. Then we'll go Craig, DJ, Jake. Uh-huh. So. My favorite movie of all of them is Evil Dead 2. I, I, I really, honest to God, did not anticipate loving that movie as much as I did because I didn't like the mm-hmm. first one. And I think maybe that's why I'm kind of rose-colored glasses in it was it caught me off guard, and I was like, this is fucking awesome. Uh, second place, I would say, would be It Follows. And third place would be The Thing, and fourth place would be Jacob's Ladder. Okay. That's my list. Evil Dead, It Follows, The Thing. And It Follows and The Thing are, like, right there. I mean, I'm talking 
99.98, like right there for me. Uh, and, the, and then end with Jacob's Ladder. Again, I know we're, we're all going to say it, I'm mm-hmm. sure. This is not that any of them are bad. Yeah. We're all yeah. going to say that. They're all I, I know, but someone was going to say it at some point, so let's just get that out of there. Well, I think your choices are trash. <laughs> so with me, I would I would actually, I would agree with uh, Evil Dead being no, number no, one. No, he's not your list yet. I'm going. No, I'm going. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's Jake, then Craig. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was Craig. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> okay, so anyway. Yeah, so I would go with Evil Dead 2 being the best. It's so good. Then I would go with The Thing. Really? Then, then I'd go with Jacob's Ladder followed by It Follows. I know you weren't. Yeah, you've, you've talked about it, it a few followed, times. I thought it was good, but it just... It didn't do for me what I think the movie was trying to do. Okay. I will, I understand that. I, I have a different reaction to it. I thought it was like, and we talked about it in the episode, the perfect homage. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, here's the silly things, but also the good things about what horror in the 80s could be. Mm-hmm. And it just really landed. For, you know the 80s is my favorite horror time besides yeah. Halloween and, the, and Jaws in the 70s. Um, yeah, I, so anyways. Okay, so my list, like... It's not really based on how good the movie is. No, no, just yeah. my personal taste of. Obviously, I like that's, that's how yeah, I. Yeah, I like freaky, freaky, supernatural shit, and that's mm-hmm. what really gets me going. So my list is, the thing, it follows, Jacob's Ladder, and Evil Dead Two. What? Hmm. Okay, I you. I understand. Cla- it. You clarified it enough to where I can I can be on your side, but uh, it's just shocking. Uh, Squeezer. All right, so my list I've got to go with number one being. Evil Dead 2. Yeah, baby. That's... Wow. Three. Okay. Uh, second is probably The Thing. I respect it. Um, I, I really did like that movie. Um, third would be Jacob's Ladder, and fourth would be It Follows. Damn, he copied me. Really? You see that? You he saw that? my... I was wrong. I guess that we would all have them wrong, or all have them different. I fucked up. I mean, DJ saw my paper and just... Uh, <laughs> <went for it. laughs> hey, teach. Uh, I'm over there. If, if you want the justification for putting It Follows at fourth... I really do like that movie, and I think that as a modern horror movie and as a throwback, it's very good. But you're stacking up it up against some of like the biggest and most important movies in horror that like pioneered the genre. Yeah, it all, Follows all, doesn't exist if not yeah. for the groundwork that the all three made. of those movies that I put up that were put above It Follows did something revolutionary for the genre and in potential influenced it. Mm-hmm. So here's why I put It Follows a, a little bit higher, and the main reason is. I absolutely love the two opposite ways to do horror. One, you show the monster and everything they're about immediately and let us get scared by it. Or you show us nothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so two really good examples of that. Jaws shows you fucking nothing. And all you know by the end is there's a shark out there and I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. Sharks in the water. And the inverse, The Exorcist. Fucking demon baby in a bed from day one. You don't know what to do. There's movies that don't do a good job of weaving that. It follows. I mean, shit, we talk. The opening scene is like, this thing follows you. You had sex. Pass it on. It's going to kill you if it catches you. Day one. It tells you right on front street. And I was like, yes. You're, and it doesn't add. It doesn't expound on that. It doesn't over-explain. It just literally is like, here's what it is. Enjoy. It follows is the movie where the monster has rules, and I do like I do like yeah. movies where the monsters have rules. And yeah, I was about them. to say that too. The thing also I would say Same. kind of falls into yep. that category because they do establish that the rules the monster follows, and it's I mean, shit, Evil Dead does knows. too. They all do it. Yeah, Evil that, Dead. Does, Evil Dead's a little bit more malleable with it because occasionally the monster will surprise you with a thing that true, it can do. True. But otherwise, it stays within the rules of what it does. Jacob's Ladder is one hundred percent the opposite of that. You have no idea what's going yeah, on. Yeah, you're just like, like you have no idea like, what's uh, going I don't know. On. Yeah. Or how, that's pretty much why the reason I put like 
the thing and then it follows is like they pretty much are similar movies yeah. where the thing is being the precursor one. Yeah. It's either a thing or it's it. Well, a, I don't know. There's what a he... lot of John Carpenter. Well, no, it. it's not it. It it's it, it follows. Yeah, it, sorry, it follows. Sorry, sorry, sorry. There's a lot of John Carpenter in it follows his DNA. So yeah. So yeah, I respect it. Um, I won't say I disliked. I wouldn't give any of those movies under like a ninety in my own rating personally. Mm-hmm. Jacob's Ladder is depending on how I pitch it to someone. Yeah, I, it's very dependent on how I pitch it to someone. I, yeah, I wouldn't like I wouldn't call it a horror film because then people go in with the wrong expectation. Right. But you though, also don't call it a suspense film. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a suspense film. And by the way, if we wanted to have the longest podcast of the block, we succeeded. Yeah, we totally yeah. did. <laughs> Yeah, I do feel like Jacob's Ladder is... You have to know the person you're selling it to. Yep, yep. I would never turn... Like, honestly, I don't think I would pitch that movie to Jimmy. I feel like Jimmy would be like this the whole time. Yeah, he phone. would be. Whereas, uh, like, when I pitched um, um, The Woman in Black to you, that movie got, like, relatively mediocre reviews. Uh, some people loved it, some people hated it. But for what you showed me, I was like, dude, fucking watch The Woman oh, in yeah. Black. Why haven't you watched it? So I, f- I feel like I would pitch this movie to Vaughn. Yes, yes. Yeah, Vaughn's... Exactly. So this movie... The other three, I'd be like... And I said this to Craig a thousand times. You haven't fucking watched the thing yet? Like, I'm like, are you serious? This is a movie to see. I would do the same thing for It Follows, and I would do the same thing for Evil Dead. Jacob Ladder, the only reason I was at the bottom for me is I would be like, Franny, don't watch it. <laughs> That's not your movie. Don't watch it. So, you know, give and take. Two in the hand, one in the bush. Wait, two in the bush, one in the hand. I'll put two in your bush. Ooh. Man, I keep it clean shaven down there. Uh, well. well, no, just the sack. Okay, yeah. That, yeah. That's acceptable. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like, I think a man has to have a little bit of bush. Yeah, unless you have a huge wiener. Like, if you're aggressively big, then you can clean, like in a porno. But if you've got, like, average to slightly above, more in the average realm over here, you got to keep something. Now we're talking about manscaping. I think we should, <laughs> man- Boy, I think we should wrap this up before I melt. <laughs> and also, we have Cthulhu. And this has been the finale of Halloween in July. On Men of the Machine, I'm Kevin, Jake, Craig, and DJ. Thanks for listening. I was busy dreaming about taking you apart. And as you can see,